Well, <laughs> hello. It's my site now. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Game Face episode 292 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. Uh, we still haven't got the one shot for me fixed. I tried. It worked all morning. And then mm-hmm. literally right before we went live, the camera stopped feeding into the TriCaster. I don't know what's going on there. But I will say this. We do have this. <laughs> We've got your chat back. For episode 292, so that part's good. Um, and Matt's one shot is still looking good. What's mm. up, Matt? Yeah, it was very moody. <laughs> it is. It's like I, the Batman. The dramatic lighting, absolutely. Did you go see the new Batman movie? I did. What'd you think? I surprised myself by liking it a lot. Oh, yeah? Um, it's too damn long, and I gave up about two-thirds of the way through trying to figure out how many acts it had, because uh-huh. um, it's basically a streaming show uh-huh. that you binge for three hours. Oh, really? Is that um, kind of how it's structured? It's kind of episodic, yeah. Um, but I liked it a lot. Like it's um, uh, like it all kind of worked. Uh, I do think the uh, like the 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 Riddler plot is very today. It's very he's a streamer and he's got like oh. followers and he's inciting them to like do horrible shit and things like that. But like um, there's the it's like a consp- he's like a conspiracy theorist. The problem is I think it's a little irresponsible to make the conspiracy theorist villain correct. Like, he's wrong in what how he went about it, but he's right that the conspiracy is a thing. Uh-huh. And I feel like that's probably not the message we need to send right now. But in terms of, like, um, portraying Batman and Pattinson's performance, that's all really good. Um, and, uh, like, early, the very beginning of the movie has some, some of the best Batman stuff ever put on film, just in terms of kind of capturing, like, how afraid everybody is of him and how, like, the intimidation factor and stuff of That's cool. what he tries to create. That's where Batman, um, I think, is at his best. Yeah. Well, that, like, that, that aspect of how he presents himself is actually a big part of his character arc and, and kind of coming to terms with what that means about him. Um, it is one, there's the first Batman movie to call out to the idea that maybe a rich guy dressing up as a bat and beating the shit out of poor people is not the solution to crime. <laughs> um, and they get they get around to that in a couple of interesting ways. I'm very interested to see the sequel, which is obviously going to happen because it made a ton of money. Yeah, it so, did very well, right? It's yeah. kind of like the first post-pandemic film, right? No, that would be Spider-Man. How did Spider-Man do? Spider-Man made, like over a billion dollars oh okay. spider-man i didn't is, realize it had done that well spider-man is like the number three opening something of all like spider-man set records for non-pandemic times. oh wow i didn't realize that oh yeah spider-man I mean, and i called that back when i first back when the trailer first ran with i think mortal kombat or whatever one of the first movies i saw you know after the vaccinations happened um back in like march or april um the pop for that trailer in the theater i turned to my friend and i was like i was like that's gonna be the first billion dollar movie uh, you know, post lockdown. Mm-hmm. That's and sure enough, people love the Spider Man. Um, so I would, you know, as much as a film fan and a film snob as I can be, I would like to note to the people who are complaining all the time about superhero movies and how I go real cinema is it, it uh, well the next time you're watching your real cinema movie in a movie theater, remember that you're in that movie theater because Spider Man and Batman saved it. It's kind of true. Yeah, like, I mean, honestly, superhero movies have kind of saved. Even before the pandemic. Also, 140 movies come out every year, and maybe six of them are superhero movies. They just so happen to be the ones that people want to watch. The ones that people want to watch are the ones that are advertised. But if you know what you're going to do, what you want to see, you can find... It's just like games. I I actually... Games are more than, like, I don't know, whatever the latest Sony exclusive is and Assassin's Creed. But you wouldn't know that by watching NFL ads, would you? Yeah. Yeah, I just um, talked about this on this morning's Good Morning Gaming. And actually, I'm, I'm curious to get your take on this very quickly. Um... One thing that's really kind of surprised me over the years is how 
comic book characters, things that I really liked when I was a kid. And honestly, I was made fun of for liking comic books back then. And I was mm-hmm. a nerd or whatever, an outsider or whatever they called me. How interesting is it that all these people who used to make fun of people like us for liking comic books now have just kind of been assimilated into this market of people who just now all of a sudden love superhero mm-hmm. stuff? How would do, how do you think that was accomplished? Was it marketing? Was it well, just a shift of mindset? It is marketing, but part of it is because the people who were in charge of the marketing were people like us. Okay, so, so we grew up yeah. and got jobs of power, and then and then they yeah, and then you know the the marketing and the culture then informed the people who didn't like it before that this is a thing to do. Okay, and uh, you know some of it's the quality of it. I, I remember when uh, the first X Men movie came out. Um, I was working at a 24-hour fitness, mm-hmm. and it was like the day before it came out, July 4th, uh, 2000. And uh, I says like, who's going to see X-Men tomorrow? And everyone in that fucking room was like, who would want to see that nerd <laughs> shit? And it's just like, yeah. I'm like, really? You don't want to see like Halle Berry and, and Patrick? And they're like, they're like ooh, ooh. really? Holly Berry's yeah. in a superhero? And like by the next X-Men movie, I was like, oh my God, Wolverine. And like, like three months later, they were calling the biggest, like mu- muscliest superhero looking trainer in the in the gym, Wolverine. Uh-huh. You know? Like yep. it's, it's like, it's just. <laughs> it's pretty crazy how it's happened. Yeah. I mean, it's like. I'm sure you remember what it was like when oh, we were kids. Yeah. I mean. Like we were. Yeah. I mean, I never got much heat on that stuff. Like really. none of the. Or if I my did, basketball I team were reading comic books on the bus like I was. Like we, d- we there were some on yeah. our team. Like like I don't know. I got a little lucky in that regard. And partly because uh when I was a kid I, I was so um I was so kind of like blind to meanness. Yeah. That like I didn't always I'm kinda uh, that way. I didn't right always now, understand that like someone was being mean to me uh-huh. and, until I mean, they were trying to hit me, that was different. But right. like but I was like, like, oh, I, like, oh, they're they're going, and like after a while, you realize like they're not really interested in Godzilla. They're just trying to make you sound stupid. Right. And I was like, well, I don't care. I, don't I care still though. feel like that happens to me a lot. There's a lot of times where I give people the benefit of the doubt, and mm-hmm. I just am like, no, they're not being a jerk, and they are being a jerk. Um, yeah. People, some people may, may call it being naive or whatever. I call it trying to look for the good in people instead of the bad. Yeah. I mean, I the usually- internet could really use a whole lot more of that. Let me tell you. I mean, I usually pick up on stuff like that fairly quick, but like I found the best way to turn that around is to ask them to explain what they mean. Yeah. Just like when someone tells like a shitty joke or an, like a racist or a sexist joke, like just act like you don't get it mm-hmm. and make oh. them explain why it's mm. funny. <laughs> that works a lot. It's like, it's like, because oh, then they have to start really yeah. thinking about it and they're like, why oh. is it? Well, no, why is I don't get it. Why is it funny? And like, then they have to like explain like the actual stereotype or, or, or yeah. thing that it's based on. And they like realize it like, oh, oh, it's really it, not funny at all, is it? Or maybe they do still think it's funny, but they realize it's not something they should admit right. that they believe. Yeah. Um, which is good enough for me. Just stay quiet. Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, I, I think it's. Just, I think it was mainly like it's. It became what the mainstream media diet is, and they don't. You know, and they're good. I mean, you got it. They got to be good. You know, obviously, people don't just completely mindlessly go see these things. Otherwise, uh, the Zack Snyder DC movies would still be going. Um, but like, you make something quality, and you make something that makes people care, and like, you know, like. I mean, it worked on me too. I mean, I never cared about the Avengers. Before yeah, I mean, that. I always kind of did, but I, I mean, I knew what they were, but I was an X Men, Spider Man kid, and mm-hmm. Batman. Like, I, I yeah. you know, the Avengers were like the embarrassing old heroes that nobody knew what to do with for most of my. But your mind family. was open to. I knew of them, but right? I, but your mind was just open in general to superheroes. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't something you were closed off to, and no. a lot of people were. But until I was pretty closed off to the idea of a changed. good Thor movie. Yeah, <laughs> but like we got a couple of those. Yeah, so that's true. Who knows? Yep. 
So anyway, I hope you guys enjoy Batman. All I really care is if people like stuff yeah. and they enjoy it. I mean, it's so they get long. Some I mean, entertainment value. I did out see of it. it at like t- it was a ten twenty showing, so we got it at like one thirty in the morning. I think I did like it more than anybody else in my group. Mm-hmm. Partly that was probably because it was like one thirty a.m. No, but like that um, changes things. It, for it's sure. different, but it also is coming to HBO Max on April nineteenth. So even if you don't, if you don't want to go sit in a theater for three hours, you don't have long to wait. Yeah, um, I didn't realize that actually. That's yeah. quick. Oh, there's this six weeks theatrical run. That's standard theatrical run these days. Uh, but usually you wait used a to be there was a big buffer in between. Yeah, because you Not wanted anymore. people to get built. And now that it's like, nope, just throw it up there. Like yeah, they should. They're doing really it the right diff- way now. Yeah, and it really diffuses the FOMO and wanting to go see it in a theater, which is like you know good for people who don't want to go out right now. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, mean, I can get used to that. I mean, Spider Man's already coming to Blu-ray like next month. Is that true? Yeah. Wow. Eternals are I already have Eternals. Yeah, I yeah. haven't seen the new Spider-Man film yet, so Oh, it's so it's good. It's going to work for me. I've Real heard good things about it. I heard good things about Batman too. It seems like most people like it a lot. Yeah, I liked it. It's um it's real good. Uh I put it up there in the same I'm not it's not on the, the same quality as it, but I would put it in the same league as The Dark Knight in big terms words. of in terms of a take a, a, on Batman. That's big words. Obviously there's no Heath Ledger equivalent here, yeah, yeah. but like um like in terms of like yeah I like that I like that version I like what you're doing there it's gorgeous visually gorgeous like they just it might be the best looking Batman movie wow um, that's actually one it. thing that almost all Batmans have gotten right yeah it's a, they look good um, I would say Dark Knight Rises doesn't look very good um, it's really dark uh, I think it's too bright really I, like, I felt Knight, like I was always straining to see stuff in that film Dark Knight Rises yeah the Bane one yeah like I always feel like I'm just like it's just it's just they're just in a city it's they're very a, gritty it's almost like um, I felt like the color was almost washed out of it it was almost like grayscale sometimes um, sometimes a little bit yeah like in this in the Gotham section yeah yeah um, I, I still thought that I, movie looked good though yeah I hate Dark Knight Rises oh really um, I, I think it's a complete <laughs> fizzle of a finale i mean there's not you're, you're hamstrung by the fact that he ledger died obviously mm-hmm. but like don't just hand the script to dave goyer and, yeah. and and let him write bullshit for two hours like none of that movie makes any sense yeah um but uh no it's, i think it's i think uh, the new one is really good also that the music really was the first like musical like theme for batman that i've liked since danny elfman in the original 89 movie mm-hmm. um yeah, really good. Jeffrey Wright's really good as Gordon. Colin Farrell disappears into the Penguin. Like he is, there's a little bit like it, it's drawing a lot from like Zodiac and and Seven and like procedural stuff. It's a detective story, really. You know, it's, like, oh. it's definitely a, a mystery. I didn't even realize that. It's definitely a murder mystery. Oh, um, okay, which is good. Cause I may get the wife detective. to watch it then. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it makes sense in the end, but like I'm yeah. saying it is. It is a thr- a mystery thriller. It's yeah. not. A, it's not necessarily a superhero thing. Just um, which works really yeah. well. Um, you know, there's, there's, it's, it's a more of a grounded thing. Um, but, uh, nah, it's really good. And That's uh, good to Pat- hear. Pattinson's a good Batman and I think he'll grow into the Bruce Wayne as, cause part of the, part of the point of the movie is realizing that he needs to be a, needs to be Bruce Wayne too. Instead um, of just being Batman. Yeah. There's, there's a, there's a growth of like, you know, he's like, it's like year two of being Batman. So he it's, it's kind of, he, he's figuring out. How to? He's figuring out how to be work, Batman. He's figuring out the work-life balance. Right, you know? right. Like, <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Okay, well, here we are for Game Phase Two Ninety Two. This episode is pretty much all games. I know it's been a while since we've done an episode like this where we just played a ton of games. I have just been playing like a madman for the last seven days. I have played four games since since I last talked to you guys on Game Phase, uh, and that's what this show is all about. We're going to talk games today. Before we get going, though. Want to thank people who have subscribed with Twitch Prime. I know there's been a bunch of you. 
Um, Damn Tao Man, Shane, how old is that shirt? I'm a big drum and bass fan. Actually, so 611 Records was an old house and electronic music record store back in the 90s in Philadelphia. I swear you've explained this shirt before. I think I have. <laughs> I also, it's also, by the way, it's also my mug. Right. Right. I keep flipping to your camera for some reason. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. I also have a mug that sits here every episode because my good friend, Nigel Richards, is the one who owned the record store. And it was one of the top three electronic record stores during the whole rave boom back in the early to mid 90s. So some people do know it is drum and bass because the parties that 611 would throw would be techno and drum and bass, uh, but they sold everything. And I went in there and bought house. I'm a house DJ. So anyway. The shirt is actually brand new. My buddy Nigel just decided to reissue the shirts because people like me have lost them because now it's been 20 years since the store closed. Um, and so people like me had lost them. And he just went on Facebook and was like, hey, Shane, you want a 611 shirt? I was like, hell yeah. He's like, send me 12 bucks. And I did. And he sent it to me. So um, I had a lot of good times at 611 Records. It, going shopping for records every Tuesday just really shopping for anything on Tuesday when the hot stuff comes out. That's the way games are. Like, all pop culture media, for whatever mm-hmm. reason, Tuesday's the day. That was when the shipping happened. Yep. Yeah. And uh, we would, me and my buddies would go to 611 Records every Tuesday, and you just hang out, talk about whatever events were happening over the weekend, who was DJing mm-hmm. where, hey, here's this track that I found, listen to it. It was awesome. I just miss all like that stuff. the Bare Naked Ladies Brian Wilson song says, drove downtown in the rain 9.30 on a Tuesday night just to check out the late night record shop. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so I miss it, man. I, I just miss going to record stores in general. But anyway, um, thanks for asking, and that's the story. Uh, let's check out some Twitch Prime Minority Games. Thank you for s- subscribing at Tier 1. Um, Mitch Sikorsky says, 45-day window before go- going to HBO Max. Okay. Uh, I know I saw some stuff up here earlier. Oh, iViz, thank you for Twitch Prime. Are there any more? I want to make sure I get you guys in here. Justin Horman, thank you for subscribing at Tier 2. Uh, Corey Film, thank you for 100 bits. That's awesome. Johnny Hurricane, how you doing, brother? Thank you for Twitch Prime. Karma Lounge, thank you for Twitch Prime. Don Lionheart, thank you for the bit. You guys are doing awesome. Toast9, thank you for Twitch Prime. And FF8, Master C, thank you. Don Lionheart, thank you. And I think that's really it. Yep, because that's where the chat starts because we finally got the computer back up and working here uh, for this week's episode. So let me get down to the bottom here before we switch away. Rigor Mortis UK got in at the last minute. Thank you for Twitch Prime. You're awesome, man. All right. And I did it again, Matt. <laughs> I keep flipping you. I think I have the camera numbers wrong in the TriCaster. Mm-hmm. It's just muscle memory for me to flip to that camera. I'll try to get it fixed before the end of the show, guys. Um, all right. We're going to kick off the show with the biggest release of the week, and that is Gran Turismo 7. I think it's safe to say that's the biggest release of the week. Oh, yeah. Um, it would be in most weeks. And this was actually a good week for game. This whole month is a good week for game releases. There's good stuff all month long. Our shows are going to be excellent for the rest of March. Um, Like I said, we have four games we're talking about today. And we're kicking it off with Gran Turismo 7. Matt, how big of a Gran Turismo fan have you been in the past? Zero. Zero? Like, you didn't even like them back in the OG PlayStation? Back in the day, they were the only game in town, more Mm -hmm. or less. I mean, I imported the first one. Uh, from Japan when it ca- first came out, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know that was cool, but there's nothing else like it. Uh, and then GT2, I thought was a disappointment. Um, also PlayStation One, and uh, yep. 
expanded a bunch of stuff, but the graphics got much worse, and I found it almost impossible to drive in it because the pop-in was so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I then I bought uh, I actually bought the PS2 when the bundle with GTA 3 A spec came out. And that was fine. I don't remember that game very well. What, A-Spec? Yeah. I remember it was one of the most anticipated games, like, oh, yeah. ever up to that point. Oh, yeah. And like, then, that like, just doesn't happen with Gran Turismo anymore. No. I, the, the, the importance of GT back in the day can't be overstated. Yeah. But now it's barely a radar blip for yeah. most people. Yeah, I because, felt... right, racing games just kind of stopped being the benchmark for things. Yeah. Um, and then four... I know I didn't play six... And I didn't play sport. I played sport. And I can't for a remember while. if I played five, and I don't remember anything about four. Like, <laughs> like after three, every like, I just sort of like meh. And then like Forza started happening, and like Forza was just like head and shoulders above everything GT did to me. Um, and there I was, was actually Metropolis Street Racer was kind of MSR was the really start. good. Yeah, yeah. Like that and like how that that melted into Project Gotham Racing on the yep. Xbox, like. Yeah, like I always preferred that style of, of you know, even like you know, Need for Speed Underground and and Hot Pursuit and stuff was more appealing. I like the arcade stuff more than the same yeah. stuff for the most part, um, or at least a balance more. I think it had um, more. The franchise had more allure when it was the only game in town. Yeah, because they were the only ones doing this. Yeah, and it, it, certainly on consoles, there were there were certainly Sims on PC mm-hmm. if you were, if you were willing to put up with that. Um, but also like Polyphony was the first. Uh, team to really like go into like the detail of the the accuracy of the models and like mm-hmm. the physics. You know they would they would they would not put like you know features in the game because they couldn't do them right, uh, which was unusual for the time. Yeah, um, and frustrating after a while because you're like just put damage in, just put damage in the fucking damage game. is like, still not in this still game. not in the game. Yeah, <laughs> um, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, why do you think that is? Uh, I think part well for a long time it was because. Um, the licensors they, didn't want to. No, that's not true. Oh, really? That, that was only one. The manufacturer. That was only one manufacturer for one game that wasn't even GT years and years ago, and the the fandom has just gamers. So that has been has an always, urban legend essentially. Yeah, gamers just pick stupid things up and run with them forever and decide <laughs> that's the reason. <laughs> I don't disagree with the, that. The reason is largely because Polyphony was like, if we're going to do damage, we would have to model it down to the smallest dent, and we can't do that without uh, breaking the system. Because they wanted their attention to detail to yeah. Be they want the attention across. to detail to put in like the 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 camber physics to be as good. You know, as equivalent good as the on the damage, and then if they can't do the damage right, that's it. A couple of them, I think, like four, three or four, did a thing where like if you impacted something, it would arbitrarily like slow you down right. for a second. People hated that. Um, yeah, so like <laughs> they just sort of gave. I mean, you can roll the car and like, yeah. but you can it, wreck. it just looks really dumb uh-huh. and nothing happened. Like, yeah, um, it's like your car's made out of concrete. Yeah, like all the great. <laughs> like you look at this footage and it's just like, oh, they look so real. And then as soon as, as soon as something. Like, you know, impact wrong. happens. Something goes wrong. <laughs> it's, it just becomes like a, a the, the the car rolling over looks hilarious. It looks like a, looks like a toy. Car. Yeah, it's yeah. like a matchbox car. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, whatever. It's not that big. I mean, idea. You know, one of their other excuses is like, well, if you're if you're racing properly, you'll never contact another car, so it shouldn't matter to you if there's damage or not. Yeah. Um, I'm like, all right, fair enough. Like, it's not like Forza Horizon where you you tear these cars up over the course of like cross country stuff. You know, it's it's a mm-hmm. different beast. Um, yeah. Um. So yeah, I am not a GT fan at all, and I think you probably pieced that together as we've talked about this game yeah. in, in the run-up. Is just like, eh, eh. so I will maybe shock you by saying that I really like this. Do you really like it? I really, really like this. Um, it is, as the reviews have said, menu heavy and sort of sloggy in places, and I don't care about the weird people that keep talking to me. They they um, try to give the game a little personality yeah. with these like talking I think, head. 
Yeah, things. but I think I think they pull a lot of it. So like one of the things that actually did like set the tone for me is that opening movie where it's like it goes through the history, the history of, of cars of and everything, yeah. which reminds me of the opening to Star Trek Enterprise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but like um, that, and then uh, here's I, I specifically mentioned importing GT One for a reason because after that video, it cuts to like a big like you know sizzle reel of like car racing set to a really good arrangement of the Gran Turismo theme, uh-huh. which you may not know is the Gran Turismo theme because in the first three games sony of america replaced it with some stupid license track yeah and i heard the theme in the in the opening movie of the the original gt1 because i imported it and thought it was great and every time it would come to america you'd never have that theme in there because they'd replace it with garbage or you know whatever the latest like musical fad that they could get out of sony recording studios was and i'm like why don't you put the theme so it was really cool i don't know if they have how much they've used that in the past couple games because i haven't paid attention to gt but having that back and like being in that was like oh that's a really good tone setter and like we've talked before about how i think the game is like they, they, they tend to be kind of sterile and they tend to like have no sense of place and it's just like here's a track it's just the world is your track and the track is the world kind of thing but now like you go to like the tokyo speed way they and they they pan through tokyo and there's traffic and like they model that whole area and you see a mm-hmm. sense of place you see like the and like there's a little like yeah having people talk to you about like oh like this guy in the cafe who constantly like gives you weird books to it's like I wish I was living a life where I just went to a cafe so I get I'd like you to collect these three cars in the next week I'm just like okay and when cool. you come back I'm gonna read you and about five thousand words about those cars but if you go back to that cafe and talk sometimes you run in like they have the actual like designers of these uh-huh. cars in there and they'll give you like little personal stories about yeah. things and like like that's cool. I just it was cool it's, at first I just started skipping past them after a while uh, I mean I skip past kind of the the busy work of it. But I yeah. do like the, the the color commentary stuff and the and the the histories of the cars I have in the in the little, like garage thing. It's an like, improvement. I will say that it does def- have more personality. Yeah, it, than- it is embracing the love of cars in a way that previously yeah. I think only Forza really hit on. I honestly I think the more you love cars, the more you're going to love this game for sure. This game was created by, and I would argue that Yamauchi maybe is getting a little out of touch because mm. he. Here's my here's the thing, Matt. The the automobile culture is changing. Cars are becoming electric. Mm. You can't even buy like stick shifts anymore in most cars. Even like the new Z, like it in the U.S. you can't hardly get it. They're gonna yeah. make like ten like stick shifts in the U.S. And or whatever. Cost so much. I remember when getting the stick shift was the cheaper option. Right. Yeah. And now it's like this niche thing, and it's yeah. hard to get them. Cars aren't running on gas anymore. Like. This game already no longer really represents what modern car culture is anymore. Well, also, like, uh, more and more as I'm, you know, interacting with younger people, like, they don't understand this car culture idea. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't have a love for cars. They Most they own a car because they have to. to it's get a means around. to an end, yeah. They, a lot of them hate driving. A lot of them are too nervous to drive properly, uh, which is probably why so many of those Priuses out there irritate the fuck out of me. Um, <laughs> like it's like there's it's a different world. Like to me, and I grew up, and part of that's a privilege thing. Part of that's a, a, an income level thing. Like you know, I grew up, and my dad had a collection of classic '50s Chevys, and like not for long. He had a, like four four Chevys, and like um, you know that was cool. And like so, you know, and, and getting my own car was a big deal because like you know it was just cars were a thing. My mom likes to drive. I, I drive aggressively, like my mom does. Like I. Like you hear me swear, that's I learned that from my mom. Like that's you know, I, I call uh, people people on the road things that my mom called people on the road. It's yeah, it's a tradition. Yeah, and um, that stuff trickles down for sure. And like yeah, so so I appreciate. It. And I think I do think there is a self awareness of that 
in this game. I think that's the reason it has that big history montage at the beginning, partly to set the tone, but also because like this game in a weird way feels like looking backwards mm-hmm. at all times. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it feels it's, like it's out of touch in some it, ways to me. I, I don't know if I'd say out of touch so much as I'd say that the, the car sim, the real driving simulator is becoming a fantasy RPG mm-hmm. because <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore. It really, I know. Um, it's crazy. And like, I, you know, it's, it's, and that is probably also part of why these racing games do not burn up the charts anymore because people can't relate to them anymore. Yeah, you don't relate. Not just that, like Need for Speed. Like, yeah, like people love the Fast and the Furious movies, sure. But what, what, what was the turning point on the Fast and the Furious movies when they stopped being about car racing and started being about heist action? Yeah, right. And yeah. family, of course. right? Yeah, family. Um, <laughs> but like, That's like funny. I don't think you can trade on the cool car thing anymore. Yeah, so I don't think you can either. I mean, an individual, obviously, Batman does. I mean, a lot like, of Gen this... Z people detest gas guzzling cars. Yeah. Well, as they should, because they're you know. They're gonna have to live on this planet. They're gonna planet. have to live with it. Yeah, I mean, like when the, when they're our age and like fighting squirrels for water yeah. in the mutant wastelands, you can point directly to the culture that created something like Gran Turismo yeah. as why that's happening. That's why I was saying it feels a little out of touch. Um, I mean, the other option is to just not make the game, right? Um, and Which I'm isn't sure an option. I'm sure at some point that like the guy at the cafe will give me a booklet and make me collect EVs. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that there'll be electric vehicles. You know, even Forza has that. Well, you got to realize it took eight years to make this mainline Gran Turismo. True. It's been eight years since the last one, so I would guess the next one will absolutely be dominated by electric cars. Mm-hmm. If Yamauchi is willing to do it. Maybe like he is such an old school car car guy. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, you, I mean, we were we've both been to the prolific those old prolific. I don't know if they're still yeah. in. I imagine they still are. They're probably still there. Where like they, the building was basically designed for them. Like they've you know, the, all all the offices are like look like parking garages. Yeah. Which is like God, that must take a toll on your psychological well being after a while. That and was they the first like, time I ever saw the sleep capsules. People, yeah, people in sleeping an sleeping under their desks and these yeah. little things. Like, when they invite they invited us there. Yeah. And people are sleeping under the desk because yeah, it was they're like oh it's daytime so the devs are asleep. You would they think get, that like it was like walking through a bat cave. Yeah. It was, <laughs> Like, you would think they're inviting the journalists over. Okay, everybody wake up. No. We don't want you sleeping under your desk. No, they no. left them sleeping under the desk. It was like it was like one in the afternoon, and it was, yeah. it was, if you didn't know everyone was sleeping under their desk, you'd think the <laughs> office was empty. I know. It was amazing. It was weird. And they had like an elevator, like all the all the like a car lift, all the, basically. yeah, a car lift, because all the execs parked all their Ferraris and stuff on the roof. Yeah. But they had a car lift that they could lower the car on any floor and roll the car out into the middle of the office, and look so people at it. could look at the car while they were working on the car models. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. Which is like a ama- you know it, it was it's one of the last vestiges of those like that that period where it's like oh we're gonna make all this you know it was like when Ion Storm had like the you know the the pearl inlaid floors oh, yeah. of the Ion Storm logo <laughs> in the in the opening lobby and you're like how in the world can you afford th- oh you can't you can't yeah, you, you couldn't can't. afford that that's that's, that's, <laughs> now you're that's the answer to that question okay thank you um, yeah so yeah there is an element of sort of a throwback here and that may be one of the reasons I like it because yeah. it is just a sort of like like. You know, it's doing kind of the Forza thing, um, but Forza like does try to look forward a little more, mm-hmm. um, or at least Horizon does. I don't know. I'm interested to see what Forza Motorsport nine eight, eight. is yeah. it eight? If they use a number, but I don't think they will. I, I think either. I think it'll I think just be Forza Motorsport it. again. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I I am shocked at how much I like this game. Um, 
like I really enjoy the, the the racing. I like the assist they've done. You know, the the the, the racing line works. Um, they've taken a lot of lessons from Forza in terms of user user uh, usability and user experience. Um, they still need auto tuning. Um, when you upgrade the car, you still have to. You know, they do the thing where like you've got oh, yeah, a certain, yeah. you got a performance point level, which is like the Forza. Point it's the level, rating, basically. The rating, yeah. but like you know, you'll hit a thing like early on. They're like, okay, we want you to participate in this race, but to do that, you need um, a car of this. You know, it'll recommend you should have like 450 or whatever. Yeah. And then you got to go in the thing and find the right combination of parts that like raises your rating to 450. Yeah. And I can do that, okay. But you know what? I'd much rather do just be like pick a number and have it just pick the parts like Forza does to upgrade my car to that because I don't care about the tuning and yeah. all that. Um, that's that's annoying to me. And of course, you've got the license tests, which are bad. Which start out really friggin' slow. Mm. It's like it just—it's it's like, like turn, s- turn, <laughs> or stop. Although I will say, stop. The, the one license test I haven't been able to get a gold ranking on so far is that first turn one. Oh yeah, because yeah, <laughs> they give you that TT and it turns so awful, right? No, it's this. That's the second. one. Oh, that's the second. That's one. That's the one in the fast car. The first one—I don't remember what the first one is. It's a slower kind oh, of. Oh, is a Volkswagen Beetle? Maybe it's not a Beetle. It's a—it's some compact thing. Yeah. I don't remember. But it's just like you. Ha- I, I am. Something like two thousandths of a second off the gold on that, and I just can't get it. Yep. And I'm, I'm, I will say that like it hasn't been that bad because like I, I don't think there's been a license test so far. I'm, all, I've only got A and B, but uh, I don't think there's been a license test I didn't get a silver on the first try. Yeah, they're but have getting to- that goal, but you don't get a, a reward for silver. Right. You get a reward for all bronze, and you get a reward for all gold, but you get silver. It doesn't matter. Yeah, silver's nothing. Well, they want to get you over the top there. Yeah. They're like. You can either just pass it or you can crush it, basically. Yeah. So that's the one bit of Dark Souls in this. It's just like, <laughs> oh, you think middle is okay? No, you get nothing for that. Um, um, how do you feel about how the game is structured? Now, it's obviously not set in an open world. After playing Forza Horizon, because honestly, it's kind of the only driving game at this point that I really get into where I spend mm-hmm. 40, 50 hours with it. It is very strange now to play a driving game where you're transported to each track, where you're not in this open world and you can just like drive to the track. And they, Forza Horizon does kind of do that anyway. Like you, you can, get there yeah. and then it but just like Horizon, loads in the track, but like, it still gives you the feeling of continuity. Yeah, but I don't care about that in this. Like, because yeah. Hor- Forza Motorsport's not going to do that either. Yeah, you know? probably not. Like Horizon is, Horizon is specifically an open world arcade racer. It is not doing what this is. Um, the thing that makes it okay for the most part is that the fucking load time is instant. Yeah. Like, you know, I know that's the PS5 thing, but it was, okay, one of the things that would stop me from playing Gran Turismo games back in the day was how long it took to get to It did to take a race. long time. And now it's like, boom, 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 you're racing. Go. I can I, still remember the sound of the PS2 chugging. Yep. Cha-ching, yep. Cha-ching, oh, cha-ching, was, trying to get the data off that, the disc. That drive to its limit. <laughs> but, like, yeah, like the... the I will two things I will say about the PS5 hardware thing here. Number one, I mean, I know the whole point is that it loads in almost instantly um, on everything. That's like what Cerny was going on and on about. Um, but it really matters here. Mm-hmm. Like you get me into that race immediately, and I will do one more, one more race, one yeah. more race, one more race forever. If you give me time to think about it, I'm gonna like, eh, maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, this is the first game I've played on the PS5 where I'm like the Dual Sense. Is in is essential feedback. It's incredible. Yeah. Like the it really is. Like the 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 feeling of the of what, what the road under you, the feeling of like what the brakes are doing. Dude, what the, the brakes on doing, every car feel different. They feel different. They they it's give you amazing. they give you proper feedback. They tell you when you're yeah. about to hit that like 
point of no return. Like it's like driving an actual you car. You know exactly. You know when you're riding on that yeah. edge of the tires breaking and it, free, and it makes it so easy to like half apply the brakes or to yeah. slightly accelerate. Like like it, it gives you the 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 you know the force it feedback. It pushes back. Yeah. If the so force... it tells you when you've depressed the yeah. brakes all the way. You don't have to squeeze it yeah. all the way before you and get that, there. And credit to the license test. That's where I really learned that was like oh if I just sort of feather the gas down like a quarter of the way until I feel resistance, I can accelerate out of this turn and cut like almost a second off the time. And, yep. But if I just floor it, I'm going to pull the back end out. I agree um, a thousand percent. So the yeah, dual sense stuff is amazing. The dual sense in this is like, um, just, un- I mean, everything else, it, it, this is, this is the opposite of like, you're making my fucking controller shake to simulate footsteps for some reason. Stop it. This is like, <laughs> I would not play this game without the dual sense. Yeah. Like it is, essential to the i mean obviously everybody has a dual sense with a ps5 but it is essential to the experience yep one issue i have with the game is i feel like there's a lot of grinding in it oh for sure Um, also i think it's where you're racing races with a car that's way too overpowered for the race and you're winning by almost a whole lap in a two-lap race just because you need the credits well the other thing i was surprised i haven't need need credits so far but i have been surprised by the fact that there doesn't seem to be a limit on like there's 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 requirements like for like they're, they're recommended requirements for like oh you should have a car at least this, but when they say at least, they don't care if you go over that. Yeah. Like because Forza usually has a range. Mm-hmm. You know, like you need it to be like between this yeah. and this. This is like oh I need a 450 car. I'm bringing in a 680 car. Yeah. And no yeah. one cares. No one's gonna I'm care. Like, yeah. <laughs> and you lap. The, the oh yeah. You go yeah. through the whole thing like, um, which I get. You know, it's fine. I mean, I guess that's fine if you want to overpower things and just not have any real competition there. You can do that. Um, even turning it up to like advanced, like the the expert. Well, like if your car's that good, you, they the other cars literally can't go that fast. So mm-hmm. at some point, I would guess that if you put put the the power up enough, like in some races, I'm sure they scale to you. But there's other races that are like this is specifically a race between cars that are at this level. Yeah, and you can just sort of and most of them they'll let you right. enter whatever car you want. Yeah, yeah. As long as you meet the other, you know, like the the, the drive requirements and the the country of origin or whatever stuff like that. But like mm-hmm. power doesn't seem to matter. Um, which might be a, that's probably a bonus for some people if you rather just tune up a car so you can't possibly lose. Like, yeah. that's, I mean, that's an option in real life too, I suppose. But like, I finally got enough to where I could buy my first decent car, which oddly enough is the car that I own in real life. And I entered it in a race, and it was, like, 50 below what everybody else was, and it wasn't fast enough. I was being mm-hmm. left in the dust by a Volkswagen Beetle. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, what have they got under the hood of that thing? And I had to go back and grind and race a couple, and I had already spent my credits, so I only had, like, a 1,000 credits left. So I had to decide, do I want to go back and grind to generate enough credits so that I can buy a whole other car? Or do I want to go back and race a couple races so I can get enough credits to buy parts to make the car that I just bought that isn't fast enough, fast enough? It's, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the typical tug of war that you have in a lot of racing games. I just felt like I I found myself doing it a lot more. And especially, it felt like the more I played, the more it got that way. Some of the prices for the really nice cars are absurd, Matt. Yeah, well, some of them need invitations to buy. Right. That was funny. But some of the cars, like, there's one car in this game that's like... $150 $150 in real money if you buy it with microtransactions. <laughs> and, like, playing to get that car with credits, you'd have to play for, like, the rest of the year to get the car. So I feel like a lot of this game, the way they're handling the pricing of the cars, the way they're handling the microtransactions, there's a little bit of a pay-to-win thing going on here. At least I feel like there is. Now, when you go online, all bets are kind of off. But basically, I feel like in a lot of ways, this game is asking you to pay money to make getting through the campaign easier or quicker but 
I mean, I have not had any money problems in this. Um, like, because the, the upgrade parts are actually pretty cheap. What was the first um, car that you bought with your own credits? My car. Audi TTS. Okay. Um, How much was that for? Do you remember? 72. Oh, well, that explains it. Like, my first car, as soon as I got 40 grand, I bought my first car. Mm-hmm. And is that turned out to be a mistake yeah i didn't buy uh i didn't buy that car until it was it wasn't too far in but it was basically when it started i must have been on book seven or so like mm-hmm. I, I was pretty far in because they, they let me see the garage and see the the dealership and stuff and then yep. at a certain point i'm like oh, i could probably buy my car now so i did um and i couldn't use it for a couple of times because they wanted to you know i was in uh the the stuff i was doing was had required cars from japan yeah but then as soon as i could use it like i brought it in and it actually you know that's a pretty good car really mm-hmm. uh it was the ratings in like the 500s i think on this mm-hmm. and uh i was able to and i i will say um it feels just like my car it? like it, like, <laughs> it, like i you know i i am pretty instinctive about it, you know how what when you make a turn how you make a turn and i'm like yeah absolutely it translated. It, it, it's exact it feels exactly like driving my car it's cool um, so yeah, and then like, I haven't upgraded that at all, but I did, my only issue is like, sometimes like, you know, you, you this is like traditional in these, these games, but it's like, okay, now the next thing the campaign wants me to do is race in this thing, but to do that, I need a car that's like front, front engine, rear wheel drive from Japan, yeah. and I only have one of those because I won it in the last race, mm-hmm. but it's like rated at like 280 and I need 450, so now I gotta go like, upgrade yeah. and i don't actually want to i don't like this car so i don't i'm never gonna drive it again yeah. after i win this series so i want to put the parts in but i have or... to put the parts in it because yeah. it would be it's cheaper to do that than buy a, buy a car, car that fits that thing yeah. but it's, yeah it's uh, i've been in that position a lot in this game yeah. i feel like i i, I th- the other thing is i think it um it, it locks you i mean obviously you don't have to follow the cafe campaign or whatever and those but you can go race whatever you want as long as the yeah. license is, is active but it really feels like you're sort of on this very narrow path for and, the, a long and time. calling the cafe a campaign i mean <laughs> i mean it's, it's just a series of races basically with these little talking head things in yeah. between was in in comparison to forza um i mean horizon i assume forza the new forza will do it too where it's like Forza just throws, like, here's seven series you could all do right now. Right. Like, of all different kinds of cars and different kinds of things. Like, whatever you want, whatever you own. Off-road, whatever you, whatever you've upgraded, whatever. Pick one. Like, yeah. just do whatever you want. And if you don't have anything, you're going to win it soon. Like, like uh, I do like that GT, you know, this game uh, has kind of learned from Forza where it's like, give them cars. Like, just give people cars all the time. Don't mm-hmm. be so, st- you know, don't be like the old GTs where it's like, you're racing a Honda Civic. For like four hours. I feel like can... there's a little bit of that in this game, but I also feel like that that is the identity of Gran Turismo. Some, but, I mean, they throw so many cars at you in this that yeah. like I've never felt like that. I've well, been there are what like twenty available right away in the used car lot or whatever. Yeah. I mean, they they tell you to buy one of three, but like, yeah. but like when you're you're winning cars in the in the races constantly. Yeah. So like most races you win a car. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's you know it's fun to get some of the you know, some of them are pretty iconic. Like you know, I got my my Tureno pretty mm-hmm. early on and got to. You know, do my initial D tuning on that. That mm-hmm. was fun. Um, yeah, like, I like it. Like, it's still, you know, this stuff is not um, riveting. Also, like, this whole thing is like, oh, this is where all the car th- car enthusiasts go somewhere down a dirt road with no parking <laughs> lot. That's what it really, like. The whole thing is a little flimsy. And it's in, Well, that's the thing is where, where Forza, like, especially with Horizon, is a little too broy and embarrassing. Mm-hmm. This is just pretentious as hell. Right. Like, it's just like. <laughs> yeah. This is the rich guy's game, basically. Yeah, this, yeah, this is this is, yeah, this is what Yamauchi wants his life to be, yeah, basically. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, like, the Terrence... He's like, if I can just live down a dirt road from this little coffee cafe where I take my 
$400,000 car and park it yeah. and talk to some other guy who showed up in yeah. a $700,000 right. car about oh, our cars. And oh, here comes this other guy. He wants to know if that's my year. Oh, it's, he's the guy who designed the car right. I drove to this cafe. Oh, wow, we're going to sit down and have a chat. It's like, yeah. Whereas, like, Forza is just like a bunch of Australian guys going like, what if we got to just, dr- like, drink and then drive and no one could do anything about it? It's just, it's like, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's two very different takes on what sort of car culture should be. Yeah, um, Veritas says, seems I, incredibly boring. I could see where watching this footage you would be, this game is freaking Oh, yeah, if, if, you, if you thought the uh, stat screens on, on Elden Ring were, were impenetrable. Oh, my. Yeah, these... Wait, Wait until you start trying to figure out which version of the polished ports gives you four more horsepower and how that translates into performance points, whether it would be better just to get a weight reduction or throw in the sport brakes. Or just get a brand new car. The other thing about this game is you can't sell your cars for credits. Right, that's true. So yeah. that's what... Because you're collecting them, Shane. You Every time you own one, it has to go in your permanent giant well, garage they're slot. doing that so that you buy cars. Right. With real money that you have, I'll like, be—I'll be honest. I didn't even realize there was a real money thing in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's bad yeah. the way that they've done it. Um, other things that I like about this game, though, the audio, the 3D audio, is yeah. incredible. So I, when I play games, after I've captured, I'll go out to the living room to play on my big surround sound setup in my 4K LG TV, and my spot, quote unquote, on the couch is on the right side of the couch. Like our couch has ottomans on both ends so michelle will sit on the left side with her ottoman i'll sit on the right side to play this game i moved my ottoman to the center of the couch and sat in the center dead center of my big surround sound system it is flipping incredible Mm -hmm. i also just got my brand new receiver like a month ago that has dolby atmos 3d it sounds amazing like the way that they've tuned the different elements of the audio it really sounds like you're in the car. Like the engine isn't all that overpowering. Like I hear Mm. more of like the rattle of the stuff inside the cabin and the wind and the sound of the tires Mm. more than I hear the actual engine, which is how it really works. And you you hear hear the engine more if you pull to an outside the car viewpoint. Like it's all done like this. Very well done. It's really, really Um, good. So Horrible the, music though. Holy crap, man. I actually like the music. I don't oh. like I don't like the pop punk. Um, I think the music in this game is so bad. I've liked the music so Do far. Do you like Music Rally where they play like the uh, EDM versions of like duty, I thought that was fun. Duty yeah. free tracks like Well, the Royal Philharmonic is not duty free tracks. Well, the songs are. Those songs are hundreds of years old. Like they well, don't yeah, have to pay a license classical. for any of that stuff. Yeah. Like But like that is also, you know, again, that is part of Yamauchi's car culture. He's old. Idea. It's like you're driving along, listening to classical music. Are you that fun. kidding me? I thought the music in this game was terrible. It was either crap like that, or for whatever reason, the '80s butt rock that every Japanese developer seems to love, where it's just like a, it's like Sonic. The guitar solo goes on for like five minutes. It's just oh that, yeah, J. There's a lot of J. Rock in it. It literally sounds like the music was made in like 1984 to me. No, that's just what it is by like a White Snake knockoff band. No, that's just that's just what J. Rock is. <laughs> I know, much. I know. I've been hearing it for years. I hate it. It doesn't change. I know. Enough. It's been the same for forever, and I just don't like it. Um, if you like it, you're probably gonna love the music in this. Oh, I hate okay. it. I like the the weird classical stuff, and I like the mix of things. I don't like it when like so like the, there's like a there's like a subsection of the soundtrack which is like, I just didn't know some forty one had that much influence. You know, like it's like it's like wow, everybody in here is just doing this like kind of, I don't know, like 
let, like let's do Green Day, but let's not do it that good, you know, kind of thing. Like it, it's it's weird. It's like it's like C list Green Day impersonators. But then like the rest of it, I actually really like, and I also love um, the weather. Uh, the weather and it's really well done. And look, by um, the way, people like I see people saying, "Oh, he doesn't like." Cla- I, I do like classical music. When you put it to some generic ass like EDM beat, it's it's different. I mean, I heard I've heard that on that the music, whatever that. Basically, that's there to like occupy you while it installs. Yeah, right? yeah. I've um, I've not gone back the, to it, by the way. I went back and played a few more, like the because the others are indeed like the J Rock butt rock music stuff. rally is what um, it's called. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, which I guess they're going to keep adding to because it threatens that <laughs> at the end of it. Right. Um, but uh, I mean, I didn't mind that, but I don't see the point of playing that, especially because you don't get anything in the main game for it. Yeah. You, know? you just unlock more songs, which to some people would probably feel like. A negative me uh, the big the sixth one the big final one is another like edm classical music track which i thought was funny um but in the in the main game most of the classical music is just the classical music tracks yeah i'm okay um, with that stuff it's when they try to throw a, a dance beat behind it that i'm like what is going on here but uh, and i still like it better than the butt rock i'll add yeah but like the like the weather there's a couple of races i did and specifically races i did in my audi um, where I'm like, you know, in, you know, like, I think the Tokyo Highway one was like, it was raining the whole time. And like, first off, the, the rain has a direction. So like, if you turn into the rain, it's harder to see, which is great. Uh, and when you go through tunnels, it rolls off the car mm-hmm. realistically. And it leaves that little like patch of of wet on the side where the, the wipers end. Yeah. And that stays there. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like it's so good. Oh, the game is it's gorgeous. So man. Good. It really is gorgeous. Um, just across the board, the cars, the lighting, yeah. everything about it. It's like a, I've watched more replays in this than any other racing game I've probably ever owned. I'd agree. Like it just it, like, like the race ends incredible. and I stick around. I don't immediately just yeah. tap out. I'll yeah. watch at least for like 20 seconds of the replay. Yeah. Um, it's really the game's good. gorgeous. Yeah. Really good. I mean, this yeah. is also available for PS4. This is a second game in a row where you can see that the work was done on the PS5 version to make the PS5 version yeah. significantly better looking than yeah. well, the PS4. Yeah, well, it's like I've version. said, like, you know, because of the architecture and how things work now, it's just, you're, you're literally just turning the sliders down for the PS4. Yeah. Like, yeah. Until One thing of note, properly. by the way, this is not a free upgrade from PS4 to PS5. No. Horizon, are, I think those are over. It is. Horizon Forbidden West was the last one. Yeah. And they only did that begrudgingly after fans complained. Yeah, because so, they already said they would. Yeah. So from now on, all PS5 upgrades are going to cost you ten bucks, yeah. and this this is included. PS5 so. games are seventy dollars now. Yeah, it's just this is just how the way it is. It is. First Sony party stuff anyway. anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I agree with you. Like, this is a quality game. Did you play online much? I played a couple of online races, uh, like the sport thing It's basically or whatever. GT Sport. It's basically GT they sport. basically just took GT Sport and just put it in the game. My main problem with it is, like, it takes so long yeah. to get into a race. Like you got to go wait for people and then go run a qualifying. Um, yep. I do enjoy that, like, when you first load that up, it's got this whole thing where it just, it's like, it's like you're going to be, dis- you know, you're going to be penalized if you run into other people. Everybody be respectful of each other. Let's have a clean race and everybody have fun. I was like, sir, are you new? <laughs> to, have you never been online before? Uh, and sure enough, yeah. like, on the first turn, like, some guy named Dan was just barreling through. And, of course, they make him a ghost as after he hits the first car. He turns, like you know, intangible yeah. and like runs through everybody else and hits a wall. Yeah. And like, and then he's got a big thing under over him for the rest of the race. Ain't what his time penalty is for doing that. And I, yeah, I race a couple of those. There's only, there's only like one thing I could, one race I could do because it was the daily race or whatever. Yeah. And then I didn't do, I went into the lobbies and poked around the other multiplayer thing of it, which I think hilarious. Which I think it's hilarious that the multiplayer uh, gateway is the fucking dock. 
Like the yeah. boat. It's like, yeah. oh, is that where I get on my sailboat <laughs> and go to the track day and go? To, I'm just like, yeah. I'm like this. I'm, As you I, said, very th- pretentious. This, yeah. this game, you're basically playing Pactor. Yeah, you are kind of. You're right. That's yeah. a good way to put it. That's kind of his life. He yeah. has his boat docked right outside his Yeah, this is this house. is the, this is the Michael Pactor RPG. <laughs> yep. Um if Michael Pactor was really obsessed with cars, yeah, which he's really not. not. He's not. But yeah. Like, but but like if you could make the grand if you could make this game but about like whiskey. Yeah, <laughs> scotch. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say this, like the I think the online modes in this are great. You're right. If you get into the heart of it, it's a big commitment. Um, there are some modes like quick play, multiplayer modes um, that are more accessible for people who don't want to really get into it. But you're right. Like there's a whole like qualifying thing. But I would add. Also, I get real tired of starting in eighth place. Yeah. Does that ever change? It doesn't. Get, you I always start you last. Me. You mean I mean online or just in general? Yeah, online, I was able to run like a qualifying run and started in yeah. fourth. But like. On the, the the offline campaign, you always I'm, you're always last. Yeah, like, you always have to fight through the. Through the I'm pack. like, dude, do you know how many of these races I've won this year? Like, I should be in first, first at this place. Point. Yeah, I will. I I do miss that one of the. I think it was three, or one. Maybe it was two. Like one of the old ones let you run a qualifying lap if you wanted to like improve your pole position, mm-hmm. improve improve your, your starting position, which I I appreciated it sometimes because sometimes you just don't want to pass seven other cars. Yeah, because while you're trying to fight through the pack, that guy in first is getting way getting out way there. ahead. Yeah, you have to chase him down. Um, I, I thought the online was great. Um, there are simple online lobbies, as you said, for people who just mm-hmm. want to jump in and race, and there are the daily races to kind of keep you engaged on a day-to-day basis. But I found the, the standard multiplayer was a lot easier because you didn't yeah. have to wait for, like, four, well, four minutes. The next race will start. It's like, okay, just let me play. Yeah, but there's also the hardcore, like, iRacing style mm-hmm. hyper-realistic simulation, and if you do get into those, one, you're going to get your ass whooped. I know I did. Like, the people who are driving in those things are literally like pro race drivers, it felt like. But the stakes feel so high because you've gone through the qualifying. Like, you, you, I don't know. when you're, you're putting some skin in the game before you ever race, and I know when the race finally starts, I'm sitting there, and I'm a little nervous, like, waiting for the race to start. Hmm. Like, that doesn't happen to me in online games hardly at all anymore, but it happens in this. So... Um, I really like the online environment. There's also two-player split screen in this, believe it or not. Yeah. So if you want to play local, that's pretty cool. Um, you don't get a lot of that anymore in modern racing games. So overall, I would just say it's really the total package. Mm-hmm. It's a very pretty game. It's a, It sounds great. It plays very well. But it still, to me, is very sterile and lacks personality. And I think you nailed it when you said pretentious. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's an improvement. Oh, yeah. yeah for I mean, sure. It's just you're still comparing it to Forza, and it's still going to fall short in that category. But it is the most charismatic Gran Turismo ever made, like, which isn't saying which a is lot. not saying the bars <laughs> on the ground. But yeah. like, I appreciate that they recognize that they need to do that and put the effort in to try yeah. to do that. I'm not saying they succeeded 100, percent but like, it doesn't feel like wandering around a void, a white void that happens to have cars every few feet, yeah. like like GTA, GT5 was. Would you agree with me that if you haven't been a fan of Gran Turismo in the past, you probably shouldn't spend the money on this one either? Probably not. I mean, but I will say if you liked it before and you felt that it's just fallen behind in terms of presentation and sort of like that 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 intangible feeling of like, hey, do you like these things or are you just trying to simulate the mechanics of this mm-hmm. thing? I think it gets back into the love of them. And, uh, but as we said, in a very pretentious sort of like different way than Forza does. Yeah. Forza's a lot broier about it. And I don't just mean Horizon where everybody's at a music festival. Right. I mean, you know, like 
motorsport is that way too. It's got is a that way too? And you know, having the Top Gear, you know, the Top Gear approach to car culture, which is like just more of like dudes hang, dudes being dudes, hanging out and talking and about talking stuff, and, and like yeah. being sort of snarky about it. And so it's like like no one on uh, you know like like Jeremy uh, Jeremy Clarkson is not going to be invited to that cafe. No, you know, because <laughs> he's too loud. He's way too loud. Everybody yeah. needs to be very quiet drinking their tea. Yeah, like. And if you and if you want to talk about if you want to talk about your car, take it outside. Yeah, you know, like there's there's an element of that. (laughs) There is. Yep. Um, Good way to put it. But I appreciate that they tried to make it something more engaging. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is more engaging. It's just not as engaging as the competition. Luckily for them, the competition is not out yet. It's still in the garage, yeah. and who knows what's happening with that? Yeah. Like, I really thought that game would be out by now, but yeah, um, I mean, I think we all did, but like, um, it's not. It's not. And uh, <laughs> so that, they GT showed that. Right they showed the... that like at E3 2019. Yeah, right? they showed it like when they debuted was, yeah, the Xbox three years X. ago. Yep. Um, I don't know what's going on. Now look, like Forza may come out, and we'll just be like, oh. This fuck now this we know game. why. Yeah, now we know why they, they yeah. were they were presenting. You know they were they really were making the Michael Pactor RPG. You know, like, <laughs> like there is yeah. a brandy collecting game in this. Yeah, in this yeah. one. And then you have to, they have to then they have to deliver it <laughs> in the cars in the car without spilling it. Right. Yeah. Because each sip is worth a thousand dollars. Yes. You have to hold it. Like that's going to be the PSVR version. You have to hold it up as you drive down Tokyo Hills. <laughs> Like an initial D, not <laughs> spilling a drop. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, okay, so there you go. That's Gran Turismo 7. I think that's two thumbs up from us. Yeah, yeah. I give it a thumbs up. Yeah. I mean, um, it's not going to change your mind. But, you mm. know, it kind of did change my mind. Like, yeah. I have had no interest in this series for years. Me too. And I, I didn't even want to play this. And I loaded it up, and like, it really pulled me in. Yep. Now, maybe that was partly because of what I played right before it. Yeah. <laughs> And it meant if I really got, I'm like, oh, if I get sucked into this game, it means I can have excuse not going back to the one I just played. <laughs> we'll get to that we'll get one. We'll get to that one. In a little bit. But um, no, I, this was a, much like the Batman. Uh, I was like, oh, wow, I really like this. Yeah. Like, so that was nice. I liked, yeah. I was I was pleasantly surprised by this game. Am yeah. I going to tell you to spend 70 bucks on it? That's a tough one. Yeah. But if the day comes when it's cheaper and you kind of have that sort of like, oh, I liked Gran Turismo, but I don't like Give it a shot at like thirty bucks when the day comes. Thirty-five bucks. I will say this: it's been eight years since the last Gran Turismo mainline, and I think it'll take another eight years for the next one. Probably. And I think that's about the right amount of time. Yeah, it seems to take them about that much time to evolve. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So like the next one will probably be about as good as Force of Six. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like. So th- I guess one thing I would say is I agree. Maybe wait till the price drops eventually. But I do think that this is going to be the de facto mm-hmm. PlayStation 5 driving sim for yes. maybe the whole generation. Yeah, for sure. Like, it is, it's the best Gran Turismo in the world. I would agree with that. Yes. Yep. Okay, As let's Top move on. Gear would say. Yep. Um, but I'm still looking forward to Forza in a way. Oh, me too. Like the, but I don't, yeah, I don't know if Forza... It's been a while for that game, too. Yeah, I don't know if Forza's going to look this good. That's, that'll be tough. There's, there's an attention to detail in this that is just yeah. that goes beyond the cars. That's the, it's like because Gran Turismo used to have a problem where it's like the cars looked amazing and the tracks and the environments were okay, mm-hmm. you know. For and the other thing, I, I mean, I'm sure they fixed this many versions ago, but there was a, for a long up until at least four, maybe five, maybe five. They used the same fucking tire squeal sound effect yeah. <laughs> that the PS1 games had. Yeah. And it was like this all like incredible like high end like just tech thing and like you turn it and go, and it's like what are you? <laughs> right. Come on, like what are you? 
The tire That's squealing funny. in this is very high end. It's different depending on what car <laughs> you're using, what squeal. kind of tires the tires using. Like this is a thing I pay attention to in this series because that's who I am. And like it, it squeals different depending on the what kind of road you're on. It squeals different whether the water is on the road. Like, yeah. like they they finally nailed. I mean maybe that was already fixed. I haven't I didn't play six, <laughs> but like I was like the first thing I was like okay the tire squeals still sound like something out of a freaking Genesis game or what? Yeah. Like no they got it they're, they're gone. gone they're in yep sound is pristine and therefore thumbs up thumbs up <laughs> tire squealing is tire squealing fixed that's all I needed yep uh, okay let's move on we need to move on um, we're gonna talk next about Kirby and the Forgotten Land this is a Switch exclusive it is the first Kirby 3D platformer um, and there's a demo a free demo available on switch right now. I'm not sure if it's still up, but I think it probably is. Um, and it has three different missions that you can play through two regular missions and then a boss fight. Um, so it's a pretty beefy demo. And if you, if you play it, it does not save your progress for the final game because it's an a la carte demo, which won't work. It doesn't make sense for that save to carry over. However, you will, if you do complete the demo, you do get some stuff that will, you'll get a code that will carry over into the final game. Um, the first thing that I would say is that it's kind of a 3D platformer. It's You have free 3D movement, but it's not like Super Mario 64 or Super Mario Galaxy. It's more like Super Mario 3D World, where you have full 3D control, but the camera, you don't really always have control over the camera. So it's not like a free roaming, here's a big world, you need to collect eight of these things in the world and you figure out how to get there. It's it's still kind of a very linear guided experience. Um, even the camera sometimes will go to like a top-down view or it'll go to a side view. So, it's, so it still kind of looks like the 2D Kirby games. Um, but they do give you free sort of range of motion with Kirby as you play the game. Um, the setup for the game is very simple. You're seeing it right now. Kirby's loving life, living large, all of a sudden the sky cracks open, he gets sucked into a crack in the sky, and when he wakes up, he's living in hell, a.k.a. Earth. <laughs> like 2050 AD is what it seems like it is. Um, the near future Earth, where it's the whole, it looks like Earth has just ended, basically. It's like a, it's been, it's gone through an apocalypse of some kind. Um, Although, but, given what Kirby is, his arrival on Earth technically qualifies as cosmic horror. He might be the apocalypse. Yeah. It may be him that caused this. <laughs> I never thought A being about of such it. power cannot <laughs> exist on Earth without consequences. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, anyway, I really thought this game might be a more freeform, like, 3D platform where you could just go anywhere and, like, you, you're not, like, basically that, trying this, to... The sand sticks to him. For some reason, I find that interesting. That means that his skin is moist. Yeah. <laughs> like we got a little information what it would be like to touch Kirby. We, yes, there. we did. And I don't think we more wanted clues. that. I don't know if we do want any more information about Kirby. So that's the information we've got. So that's the first thing we learn here is that Kirby is moist. Yes, that's disturbing. <laughs> it's something I really didn't need to know, to be honest. Well, I'm, I'm but here that was to very observant. Those yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's not like a typical 3D platformer where you can just go wherever you want and do whatever you want. It's more of a guided experience. Yeah, I see that now that I'm seeing the footage. But it's funny how the trailers really don't. No, no, they really that. kind of made it seem like it was. Yeah. And I'll say this: it is way better. Like it's better than the 2D Kirby games, where you're literally just going on a 2D plane. At least you have some free range of motion. Mm -hmm. But this is technically like these. The like Kirby's had games like this since the uh, N64 to some degree. Eh. Like there's some 2.5D to it. Yeah, 
I mean, there were two two point five D Kirby games in the past. Yeah, and there were Yoshi games like that too, or at least mm-hmm. one, at least one of them. Um, but as you can see, this it, this is more than that. It's not just two and a half D. Yeah, and like the boss fights, those all take place in full three D space and stuff like that. So, um, it's not exactly like other Kirby games, which I think is good. This is what I was hoping for from this. I've played enough two D Kirby's at this point. Um, the game is interesting in that you there are kind of two different sets of abilities. So you get abilities from things that you inhale as Kirby. So if you inhale a character and they, he has a Link hat on, suddenly you take over Link's characteristics. Um, there are bombs, there are swords, all this stuff that you can inhale that then give you the ability of whatever you, you've inhaled. But then there are also these more context-sensitive transformations, and that's where Carby comes from, um, where he hmm. can suck up like really huge objects, and he actually takes the form of those objects. And the crazy part is, is that you can mix them together. So, for example, you see right now I, I'm Kirby Link or whatever. Mm-hmm. Later on, I get Carby, which is the car that you turn into. Mm-hmm. And Carby has Link's little hat on top. And when you finish with Carby... That makes it a Buick Cutlass. <laughs> it makes it pretentious, Matt. <laughs> Just like Gran Turismo. And when you get done with Carby and you decide to discard it, you still have that power up. So it remembers like what you had and doesn't take it away, which is cool. Because um, a big part of Kirby games is having the right form of Kirby to get through whatever you're, you're trying to fight through. Whatever enemies you're fighting, whatever environmental puzzles there are out there. Um, <clears throat> and so I, I think it provides a lot of flexibility while still making it fun. And not only do those transformations stack on top of whatever you've already transformed into they they also are extremely frequent so in this little demo i think it probably took me you're actually probably going to see almost the whole demo in this 20 minutes of b-roll right here i did cut down the boss fight because it was like the same thing over and over i show the beginning of it and then me winning the boss fight um but for the most part this whole demo is like 20 minutes and i don't i probably had eight or nine different power-ups throughout the course of the 20 minutes. So it's fast and furious as far as always giving you something to do. The game never settled into a groove, which some people may not like. Some people like grooves. Um, I liked it. It, It's like around every corner, I never knew what to expect. I never knew what I was going to be doing, what form I was going to be able to take, what the enemies were going to be like. Um, And of course, a big part of Kirby in general is just like, oh, there's an enemy. What happens when I suck that enemy up? And that's a whole other level of fun that's intrinsic to this franchise as well. So I had a ton of fun with this. I was pleasantly surprised by it. Here's when Kirby meets Carby, hmm. which is going to end up becoming an iconic scene, I believe, in video game history. And then Carby's fun as hell, dude. It's just a car, and you can drive it, and they build the level around the car. So like, it is side-scrolling for the most part, but they've built ramps, and so you're jumping the car... It, Animals unwittingly dive to their deaths. Pretty much. In Kirby's mouth. <laughs> there is a dark side to Kirby. There's no doubt about it. Um, it's Remember, interesting. the bio on him, written by Hal, yeah. Laboratory says, a being of infinite power. <laughs> there's, there's definitely a creep factor to Kirby, I believe. Oh, um, yeah. But... Hi. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. Hi. We're, we're all friends here, yeah? yeah? 
But most importantly, like, all the transformations, including Carby, are fun. Like, I really enjoyed it. You turn into a traffic cone that can do, like, a butt stomp. Hmm. And you use that to, like, bust open pipes that will then spray water and send you up to levels. Um, you can use it to attack enemies. It's, uh, like, a butt stomp that's just really powerful. It, it just kept providing new upgrades, new transformations, new stuff. And again, like, I played it in t- for 20 minutes, and I, it's hard for me to even recount all the cool stuff I experienced in this. Now, it could be that they're front-loading the demo with the really cool stuff, um, which does happen sometimes. But I would argue that Nintendo hasn't really been guilty of doing that with its Switch games yet, anyway. Yeah, if anything, Nintendo stuff tends to escalate. It usually is just the first couple levels. And that feels like that's what this is because it does have, like, the basic tutorials and kind of the teaching element yeah. of it. And if this is anything like the previous Kirby games uh, in recent memory, uh, at some point, this just becomes hard as nails. Mm. Well, at this point, it's easy as hell. But that's how Kirby rolls. <laughs> it, it's true. It does so start- Yoshi, really. Like, you, the, mm-hmm. the game itself, like, the main game is, like, easy. And then, like, okay, now the real shit begins. Like, well, yeah, if you want to collect everything... Yeah. And that's Nintendo in a nutshell, isn't it? Like, yeah, they provide a path the... for the kids to get through the game, and then the parent, yeah. if they really want to dig into it, and will then, find Oh, it. just so you know, like, Super Mario 3D World is like, oh, there's a whole other, like, set of worlds right. to go through. Yeah. And those are, like, for expert mode. Yep. Yeah. And, and so I, I don't know that this game's going to have that, because yeah, I, I know, it's, it's not really level-driven, so that, I don't know. But, like, I wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if there was some kind of, like, new game plus, like, expert thing or something mm-hmm. at some point. Like, it's... It uh, Kirby Kirby is not afraid to be difficult. Yep. Um, and then there's like all these CG cinematics that should just be able to run like on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Like now, I'm I'm even more interested like in the fact that like they the, the the like the fox things and the cages have very distinct textures on them for mm-hmm. like what that material is made out of. Yeah. And all the Kirby creatures are smooth well those are fur shaded there that one's fur shaded but if you look at like the the waddle and kirby they're smooth they do not have a mm-hmm. so they're moist but they have no texture to there's no pebble there's no scale there's no nothing like that they are just smooth balloon it's like a wet balloon yeah that's what that's what kirby would feel like welcome to investigation discovery on twitch.tv like, like a games. wet squishy balloon yeah, i think that's accurate i think that's kind of what like like kirby a japanese is. cheesecake oh that's what that's I bet that's what Kirby feels like. <laughs> that, could be, that could be what they based him on. What yeah, they decided to design him on. I'm not even exi- like I mean, joking. if Pac-Man's based on a pizza, why can't Kirby be based on cheesecake? Right. <laughs> Someday we're I think we, we cracked the code. We're gonna here, have to get people. to the bottom of this Kirby thing. I'm surprised no one's done this before. And since cheesecake is the ultimate dessert, Kirby is the ultimate life form. <laughs> Eat your heart out, Shadow the Hedgehog. Yeah. Well wait, what how did you say Hal described him again? What? How did you say Hal described him again? Uh, immeasurable a, a being power. being of infinite power. <laughs> infinite power. Yeah. <laughs> Is infinite or immeasurable more scary? Immeasurable may be more scary. I mean, technically, infinite is immeasurable. I guess you're but right. Measurable is a more unknown thing because you don't even know. <laughs> Maybe he's infinite. Maybe we something we don't know. Yeah. See, now the the hat has like that knit texture on it. Well, that's because it's the CG cinematic. Right. Yeah. So like. Clearly, they are paying close attention to what, and it's, you can see it there, a like when it bit. pulls out, it's still there. Yeah. Um, so clearly, they're paying a lot of attention to the texture and what something would feel like to touch, which means the fact that Kirby is moist and smooth is an intentional choice. I think that's definitely intentional. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about that. Um, this is all I'm going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> this 
You keep talking about the game, and I'm going to keep figuring out what Kirby's going to feel like if you grab him. Uh, well, there's not a lot much, or not a lot more to really talk about with the game, um, because again, it was just three short levels that I finished in like 20 minutes. Um, but I'm impressed with the game, and I'm really excited for it. I believe it's coming out on March 25th, the full thing. Um, as I said, what you do in this demo does not carry over to um, the final game, but if you finish it, you do get a code that you can use to download some items when the final game comes out. Nintendo's been doing a lot of that lately. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't really want to have to like write down a code. It feels so like NES era. Oh, I'm saving Zelda. I've got this little code that I have to like put in or whatever. Um, well, if they let you just automatically do something, then the child might get online. Yeah, exactly. We yes. can't have that. <laughs> we can't have that because they're not doing that already with their $1,100 smartphone that their parents bought them. <laughs> it's funny. Um, graphically, I think the game looks okay. It's not, you know, obviously the levels are really small and self-contained. It's not trying to draw an open world or anything, but I think it, the textures are nice and crisp. The frame rate seems to be good most of the time. But there were a couple times where the world opened up a little bit and it chugged. Mm-hmm. And this game is coming out in like two weeks. So I don't know how much polishing up they're going to be able to do on well, the graphics. Well, this may also be an older build or something. It's possible. Demos tend to be kind of old compared to the final. Oh, yeah. Here's where he turns into a soda machine. And like again, the transformations in this are awesome. Like I said, eventually he turns into a traffic cone. Here you're a soda machine that can just shoot out soda cans uh, there's ammo for it, so eventually you can pick up soda cans and refill your ammo for it. Um, it's pretty cool, man. I'm pretty impressed with this game. I had a lot of fun with it. I didn't want it to end hmm. when the demo ended. Um, the boss fight was a little tedious, but... Vending Mouth. Yeah. yeah. I knew a guy who used that as a street name back in the day. Oh, really? Vending Mouth. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was a... But I was pleasantly surprised by this game. I really like it a lot more than I thought I was going to like it. And um, I think most people will, too. It So far, it's very easy. So if you're wondering if, like, I get this for my kid, uh, will they be able to handle it? Absolutely, they, absolutely they will be able to. Um, you may not enjoy it that much until you get later on when it becomes a little more challenging. But I had fun with the beginning of the game, and it seems like this is actually just the start of it. So there you go. Kirby and the Forgotten Land coming to Switch, I, again, I believe, on March 25th. And there's a free demo on the eShop right now that's three levels long. And I think most people, after you play this demo, you'll have a really good idea of whether you want to plunk down the full price for it. And it is a $60 game. Um, I'll just jump ahead to the boss fight. And there's the the cone, <laughs> which isn't so great with mobility, but his attacks are awesome. And then also these um, roses that you collect, I believe there's five in each level, so... Um, on the early levels, it's pretty easy to find them all. Later on, I'm guessing it may become a little more difficult. Uh, but, you know, obviously that's another thing that older players can get into is trying to find all those coins. Um, but here's what I was talking about. Some of the scenarios are pretty interesting. They found creative ways to make use of some of the transformations in the game. And I guess they're called mouthfuls. I refuse to call them that. <laughs> I, I know someone's probably watching this right now going, Shane, they're called mouthfuls. And I don't care. That's a dumb thing. I call them transformations. Oh, but you were all the way behind Monsties. Oh, right. Exactly. <laughs> I forgot about that one. Uh, and I'll just skip ahead to the boss. I'll never really, forget Monsties. Really quickly so you guys can see it. Um, here you go. You fight basically a gorilla with a mohawk. <laughs> well, he's finally here performing and have, Also, you. you can see one of the other power-ups that I found, which was an ice thing that I could literally freeze him solid. 
<laughs> However, they wouldn't let you actually shatter the gorilla, which is what I was really hoping for, but there you go. Victory. It was so funny. In that boss fight, Matt, I lost almost all my health immediately, figured out how to beat the boss, and basically beat the whole boss with two pixels of health left. <laughs> I never got hit again. Uh, so game's not challenging in the early going, but look, I, that makes sense. That's the way Nintendo designs their games, so the kids that play them can get through a couple levels while... The parents wait for it to get hard and take over. That's pretty much how it works. Uh, but there you go. Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Switch exclusive. Launching March 25th. All right. Let's move on. We're going to talk next. Well, I'm not even going to talk about it. Matt's not going to talk about it. We have a special guest to talk about it. And that is Vincent Borchart. Matt and I were inundated with games this week. Um, and we needed Vincent to jump in and cover a game for us that's been getting really high review scores. That game is far changing tides. Have you messed around with this game at all, Matt? Nope. I'm I, aware of it, but it just there hasn't been time. It has like an 8.5 Metacritic right now. Um, it's available for everything, and it's also on Game Pass. And I talked to Vincent about it. And here is his report. We're here with Vincent Borchart to talk about Far Changing Tides. Now, Vincent, I did not have time to play this, but I will admit that I was excited by this game, and I wished I had time to play it. It's been getting pretty high review scores out there. Do you feel like they've got it right? I'd say it's okay. It's I'm not sure if it's my type of game as much, but it feels like what it's doing, it's doing well. Okay, and this is a, it's kind of like a camouflaged, side-scrolling platformer, right? Like, you look at it, and you don't really think of it as a platformer, but it kind of plays that way? Is that right? Yeah, it's a platformer, more puzzle than platformer. It's a lot more of the atmosphere. As you've seen in many of the marketing team skills, you just have a ship, and you're sailing along from place to place, left to right, and then scrolling along. And occasionally, there'll be something in your way, and then you've got to solve a puzzle to, to figure out what to do next. So you'll come across an obstacle. And then what happens when you say solve a puzzle? Is the puzzle a part of the ship or is it like, are there any sections that are on land? How does that all work? I wouldn't say on land specifically, but in the buildings that are left in this flooded world that you're left in as the only human, apparently. So that's the setup. You're the only human left in on the planet. And is your goal to find other humans or just to survive? I don't know. Your goal is to move to the right <laughs> that's <laughs> the it the game is very minimalistic like other okay. than the tutorials there's no text at all oh interesting yeah so no instructions either as far as i like mean there's a tutorial to... basically like here's how to jump here's how to interact with stuff and that's about it when you say jump does the ship jump no you can jump when you're outside okay yeah so you do leave the ship at times yeah and then what happens when you leave the ship does it still say stay in like a 2D perspective? How does yeah, that work? It's basically just a 2D platformer when you're outside the ship. Okay. And generally you're either you either like pull some stuff out of the way or you need to add some stuff to your ship in order to bypass an obstacle. Um so your ship stops, you have to basically disembark and then you solve a little puzzle, then you get back on the ship and the ship can go forward. Yeah. Okay. And what about the ship itself? Is it kind of the main character in the game, or is it actually the... the uh... Yeah, the ship is what changes the most. You, your player character is basically just 
you kind of like a generic thing that you move around while you're trying to sail from left to right. So it's just an avatar, essentially. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then you said that like the ship changes. How does that work? You start off swim swimming, and then you eventually find the ship that's basically a sailboat boat to start with. Mm-hmm. And then you add stuff to it. You add a you add a steam engine so you can go in parts where you can't do your sail or when it's not windy. You eventually get to turn into a submarine nope. where you can dive up and down. I'm guessing that changes everything at that point. That's like the paradigm shift for the game, right? Kind of. You're still going left and right, only you occasionally <laughs> go up and down. Okay. But there's this whole world underneath the ocean that you couldn't see before, right? Not really. You can still swim down whenever you want. Oh, okay. So you can yeah. leave the ship whenever you want. Yeah. It's not at like these predetermined points where there's an obstacle in the way. Yeah, occasionally I'll just like search things. One of the main things that you're trying to do when you're just going along is you find fuel for the steam engine once you unlock it. Mm -hmm. Various, like some of it's fuel and then there's other random stuff that's just like pieces of the world. Like early on you find a plant and eventually you can water it and make it grow or you can toss it in the furnace to burn it. Both of those are achievements. That would be <laughs> very <trophies>. mean. <laughs> <laughs> the last plant on earth and you throw it into the into the fire to use for fuel. Yeah, um, I mean, what happens if you keep raising the plant? Does it grow really big on the I ship? I assume I didn't find that because I burned it because I didn't realize that's what it was. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Does the game have other things like that that you can do where you can make decisions and it could be a boon or it could be a bust? Not really. I mean, like, you basically are just finding stuff. Like, there's some music boxes around the way. Mm -hmm. It's all about environmental storytelling. Like, in some of the places you'll go, you'll find, like, various images that are clearly pointing in towards something is going on in this world, Mm -hmm. either probably before it all flooded and stuff happened. Now, yeah. what do you eat? How do you, you survive? Don't. Are there survival mechanics? No. No? Other than just collecting the fuel. And that's not really a challenge at all either. Yeah. So they don't even explain how he just stays on this boat and never eats anything and <laughs> just survives somehow. <laughs> yeah. And so at the beginning of the game, they don't state a goal at all. It's just like you start no, and you're you... in the water and you swim to the sailboat and off you go. Yeah. Wow. How does the game play? Do the mechanics work well? Do the ship mechanics work okay? Do you feel like you're in control? So when you're on the ship sailing from place to place, it's in this weird middle ground where like you're just a lot of waiting as you go from place to place. You're supposed to like admire the view and stuff. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, you also have to pay at least a little bit of attention to how your sails are ended so you're getting the most wind or making sure your steam engine doesn't overheat and you keep adding fuel to it. But it's not really a challenge as much. It's just that you have to pay attention, but it's not challenging. So it's kind of like a ship management sim. Would that be accurate? In the very, very loosest sense. Okay. Yeah, like you have to man it when you get to the submarine, you have to move it up and down. You mean as far as the controls are concerned, you just move it up and down? Can you control the speed as well? Yeah, I mean, you have when you have a steam engine, you have a slow speed and a fast speed, and that's about it. Okay. Does it gain steam over time? Meaning, like, the farther you go without hitting an obstacle, does it get faster and faster, or does it just stay at those speeds? 
it just stays the speed as far as I can tell. Okay. What is sort of the antagonist in the game, if there is one? Is it the ocean? I guess it's the world. The world? There isn't much. What the story is, you just go to the right, and you do whatever it wants you to do to get past the next obstacle. But there's very little pushback or agitation? Yeah. I mean, there are a couple storms that one early wrecks doesn't really wreck your ship but it takes you off but you have to go a couple screens over to go back to it again oh it knocks you off the ship and then you have to swim back to the ship gotcha and is that about as bad as the uh, peril is in the game yeah (laughs) so it's basically kind of like not a walking simulator but kind of like a boating simulator sailing yeah (laughs) in the game's visuals there it's a 2d game and as you said it just scrolls to the right but the game the game's graphics are built out of polygons, right? Yeah, it's all very 3D. Like, it actually was one situation near the end where, like, my ship got stuck on something as I was trying to put it in a certain place, and it, it was acting like it was 3D. Like, I couldn't go to the back of the ship instead of the forward part of it. So there's mm-hmm. clearly something going on with the 3D part, but uh-huh. not really any important way. Is this game long? How much time have you spent with it? I beat it in about four or five hours. Oh, so it's not that long at all. Yeah. And what are they selling the game for? It's 20 bucks or it's on Game Pass. Oh, so it's free on Game Pass this month. And $20, that sounds about right to me, but how do you feel? I feel like it's, I mean, there isn't much gameplay to it. You're basically playing it for the environment and to relax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does it work? Did you feel relaxed while you were playing it? You can't just like sit out on the deck of the ship and just watch because then your sail's going to go move. It's like it's in that weird gray area where it clearly wants you to relax, but you can't relax. But if you just (laughs) sit, try to sit and wait, then you won't be moving fast. So you're controlling, let me get this right. You're controlling the direction of the ship up and down. You're controlling the speed of the ship and you're controlling the sails. How do the sails work? And is there anything beyond the sails that you also have to take control of? All the I mean, fuel, I guess. You have to put fuel in the steam engine. Yeah, basically the sail, you just, whenever it happens, you need to push the mast up, bring down the sail rope, and then adjust the direction of the sail using a slider. Okay. It's all is that simple. to catch the wind? Because the wind's yeah. going as, oh, okay. So there's a wind mechanic in this. As in, like, you move the sail like the slider on the on the deck of the ship left and right until it gets into the right area where it's the secondary sail furls and it says it's going fast basically okay how many um how often does the wind direction change like once you figure it out are you pretty much good for a while not surprisingly a lot okay Like, like maybe you'll get into a place then you'll go and try to just sit on the front of the deck and wait and then it'll just a little so you have to go back and do it and then so you have to babysit it a little bit yeah interesting now so you said it's 20 bucks what all platforms is this for everything it's in a switch as well yeah but it's and it's free on game pass would you recommend that someone buy this for 20 dollars if they have one of the other platforms hmm Again, I think the game is good at what it does, but it's hard for me because I'm not sure it's what I'm in the market for when I'm playing a game as much. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it, but... So would you disagree with its Metacritic score right now? Would you say it's a little too high? 
I mean, maybe I give it maybe an eight, and I think it's like an eight point five or something. Okay, so not too far off then. Yeah. So you did Again, enjoy it a good uh, bit, despite the fact that it's a genre that you typically don't enjoy a ton, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, Vincent. Well, thank you for talking with us about Far Changing Tides, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, so there you go. Far Changing Tides. Matt, what do you think after checking that out? It looks cool, but like... Think you'll play it? Mm, is it on Game Pass? It is, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I just... I. I, I like the aesthetic, but like I feel like I've played enough tiny character platformers yeah. in my day. Uh, and it kind of reminds me, because of the boat, reminds me of Spiritfarer. And then that mostly just made me think, oh, I should go back to Spiritfarer because I never finished that. Well, when I was cutting this, I needed I had to blow up the preview frame in the editing program so I could see the little, see the little dude guy. and yeah. see what he was doing to try to make sure I was showing stuff that actually was like relevant. So I understand <laughs> that. My big issue right now is that there's just so many other games, and yeah. they're not going to stop. They're coming all month long. So um, maybe in April I'll go back and give it a play. But it is sitting at 8.5 Metacritic. That's impressive. I wish I had drafted yeah. that instead of the next game we're going to talk about. I forgot you picked this. <laughs> I do remember thinking that was a bonkers pick. but Well, we're going to talk about Babylon's Fall, the hot new game as a service from Platinum Games. Well, the developer that we all love <laughs> and we can usually rely on to make great hack and slash games. Mm. Right, Matt? Mm. <laughs> so I'll I gotta I, I mean I, I look back on the I look back on the thing, uh, on like you know, kind of the, their output. I don't think I've I haven't liked anything Platinum's made since uh Automata. Really? Like I, I think they're I just don't they, they leave me pretty cold. For the most part. I mean, I would agree that they haven't made a great game. But you um, liked Astral Chain way more than I, I did. I do like Astral Chain. I still like it. I still go back and play it sometimes. And in fact, I it's can't one... even imagine doing Really? That. Yeah. It's one of the few old Switch games that I actually downloaded onto my new Switch OLED. Oh, never. Yeah. Never. I, I, I like the combat system in that game. I, I mean, well, creative. look, it has way more interesting ideas than this does. Yes. That's for sure. No doubt about that. Babylon's Fall. This <laughs> met... Could this end Platinum Games? Is it that bad? I mean, it may be it, it may is. be all they deserve in the end. Uh, this game is terrible. Wow, like just like shockingly so. Yep. Like I was not ready for how bad this is. Me either. Particularly a game from Platinum. Um, it is a. Let's just give them the bullet points here. It is a four-player, up to four-player, cooperative, online, hack-and-slash, action RPG. Game as a service. And I will say this. That doesn't even try to hide any of that shit. No, not at all. And the, the, there, are, there are some pay-to-win elements in this as well. I will say this. This game gave me Fantasy Star Online vibes for many reasons. One is that it looks and feels like it was created in 1999. <laughs> yeah, there are, there are elements of this that remind me of Vagrant Story on <laughs> PS1. And I don't mean that as a compliment. I like Vagrant Story. Yeah. But like some of the character models in this are embarrassing. Oh, they, we're, they, we're going to pause them here in a minute. They keep showing them like close up and you're like, why are you doing that? Like they show like close up shots of objects that are like 
they're blurry. They look like a PS2 like, game. And we're not even exaggerating. Some of the graphics in this really do look like they're from a PlayStation 2 game. I wouldn't be surprised if this game was in development like all the way even back. Even that, then. it's like okay, yeah, it fades to white, I guess. But there's, there's a lot of readability issues in this game yeah. too. Like, like uh, the fact that the the text tends to be like like brown and bronze, and most of the environments are brown and bronze, so you can't read it sometimes. Look at that dude's hair on the right. Yeah, it's literally just a texture pasted on his face. Like, there's, there's not even trying to make it sit right. It's so bad. I have not seen a game that looks this bad, and I can't tell you how long. I mean, other than, like, on 3DS or whatever, where they're limited by the hardware. The setup of this yeah. game... Well, even, like, just the difference between, like, the quality of the textures on, like, his armor and, like, the ground. Yeah. Like, they don't look like they belong in the... In the environments world. are so bad, it doesn't look like the characters, even though they don't look good either. doesn't look like they belong in the world. Yeah. Um, the setup is that... You are brought on this ship to this place, and they essentially install these things on your back, and only select people will survive the installation. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. What so makes a lot of Ashes sense? Ashes in the Hourglass says that Imran Khan said that this started as a new Drakengard game before Square changed their mind and made Platinum turn it into a gas, which... This does look like Drakengard. And Drakengard has bit. always kind of had this sort of aesthetic and this sort of I mean, I could see it I could see this being like a like a like a shoveled out Drakengard four kind of thing. Um but instead you you graft all this online stuff onto it and like oh yeah. Well, look at the look at the tassels there on that one girl's like skirt. When she laid down, they didn't lay down, they just stuck out like they were made out of concrete. Like this game is just <laughs> Wow. I am shocked at how bad this game looks. Now let's talk about how it plays. Um, when I first started playing this game, I thought that it played as poorly as it looked. And I, that, that's when that, I texted you, That would you, Matt. be my assessment of it, yes. And that's when I texted you, Matt, and was like, oh my god, this game is so bad. And then I did keep playing it. And I will say this, like... It started to grow on me a little bit over time. Like, I felt like after I got past, like, the two-hour mark and I started really kind of building my character, it became more interesting and the combat felt better. But it still doesn't feel great. Not good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just felt better. Um, but typically how it works is you... Like, you just get a point to a point where it's like, oh, I, I guess I can see why you would think this would be okay to, <laughs> to charge <release>. money for... <laughs> In yep. a certain frame of mind after a certain amount of alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> like, Basically how it works is you have like a little hub area that has the typical things in a hub. You can go to a merchant and buy stuff. Mm -hmm. You can upgrade your gear, all that kind of stuff. This and, usual like hub thing with icons everywhere. Yep. It's just, it's just. You have like a little room with your chest where you keep your items and your inventory. It's all very rote. It never tells you where that is. Yeah. And, and, then, and it bugs you about your <laughs> inbox for like 10 minutes. Oh, that was great too, where it's just like, here's how you dodge. We're going to put up a little QTE thing that's the same color as the rest of the fucking environment so fast you can't. And then you're going to redo it. It's like so dumb. Yeah. So dumb. Like, like just the basic onboarding is hopeless. It's, it's again that's why i said if you get and this through, like like what is the camera doing get stuck behind the object yeah. you constantly can't see what's happening <laughs> i hate this game yeah. like i really especially because like like i had to stop playing elden ring to play this <laughs> and, and then i switched to gran turismo and i just never went back again maybe that's why you liked gran turismo so much because you were coming off of this yeah, that certainly probably helped <laughs> 
anything would be like. Yeah. So you start in the hub. You go up to like. I a also couldn't board. figure out the fucking the the um the ranking stuff. Like sometimes I get a, a stone badge. Sometimes I get a pure platinum badge. I don't know. I get it. Yeah. Like it's just a scoring thing, but I can't tell why I'm doing better. Yeah. Um, so anyway, you go. You have you start in this hub world. You go up to a bulletin board. You decide what mission you want to take, and then it'll matchmake you. Matt, you, do you not have luck matchmaking, or you didn't try? I didn't really try. You didn't try. I didn't want to commit to something for that long. <laughs> and I was like, oh, nah. well, I did. I played a ton of games with. Uh, also, three I was having the land cable disconnection thing on this one. Oh, um, okay. Where like it just the PS5 is a thing where it wouldn't just stay online. It'll just say land cable disconnected, reconnected, disconnected, reconnected. Uh, I feel so lucky to not have that problem. Yeah, it's 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 uh, individual console, to individual console. I can usually fix it. Um, it's not that you know you can usually you quit out of the. You don't quit out of the game, but you go back to the menu and it kind of fixes itself. Or you can wiggle the thing in the back. There's, there's a weird. bunch of different weird solutions. Like up, it got better once I like forcibly updated the the um, the OS mm-hmm. uh, through the safe mode update. But like, I can't even tell what's happening here. <laughs> um, the all characters just mush together. It's because it's all blurry, and and everybody's the same color, and everything looks you know, everything's no, drab. There's no distinctive anything between it, and even these guys are just like. The it, art's okay on this. The enemy. art's okay, but it's just the most generic crap. It's mm. just like okay, it's a big armored guy with glowing blue stuff and in horns, him. Like who yeah. cares? Okay, <laughs> like never seen that before. Like, yep. Um, so anyway, once you join up with three or four players, or actually, you can do it by yourself, and it's it's a lot harder if you try to go through missions on your own. Generally, each mission is is split up into four sections. So the first three are just fight and rank and file enemies, and they're like arena battles. You get to the arena, like this magical wall appears, it traps you in the arena, you have to clear all the enemies from the arena, then the the walls disappear and you can move on to the next one. And then usually the fourth stage is a boss fight. Um, there aren't really team up attacks per se, where you kind of join up and you like amplify each other's power or anything like that. Um, you're pretty much just fighting on your own, even though people are fighting alongside you. And that's pretty much the game. Again, this is why it reminds me a lot of Fantasy Star Online. Because uh, you were saying you were afraid of the commitment. The commitment actually is really low. Like, you can get through the four sections of each level in probably ten minutes, I'd say. Maybe even less if you're playing with good players. Um, so it is kind of like bite size, And you don't have to play Melee. I know that I did because it's a Platinum game. And that's typically what I respect Platinum for. But there are ranged weapons in the game that you can use. Um, and then really the twist to the combat is, what are they called? Gideon Arms or something? Gideon Drive or Gideon R. Yeah, it's, I don't know. So some, you can... Some, as- another stupid anime name for a yeah. thing that nobody would ever call this thing that. Like, Gideon, fine. I think that's a reference to some mythological thing probably. But like it's the, the other word they use for it doesn't make any sense. So those things that you're seeing behind the character, that's what we're talking about. The little backpack thing. Yeah, and it's then essentially you can assign whatever weapon or shield you want to those slots, and it will turn them basically into supers, yeah. which is kind of like cool. You have two standard weapons and two super weapons. Yeah, basically. and it's kind of cool that anything that you put in there will be turned into like this special yeah, you, thing. You can definitely but... see on paper why it looks like a good idea. Yeah. Until then, you use it. Although it, I should note that the character I started with just had four long swords. Oh, really? <laughs> as her default weaponry, like, so, and I yeah. had to go through a couple levels to get some actual different stuff. Uh huh. As you can see, you can also start with more variety. Pearl it, and and there's oh. a a parry system. Like there's there's um 
average parries and like close parries, mm-hmm. and that will stun the enemy mm-hmm. and allow and you to unload. It's a witch time system, basically. Yeah. Like, like, you know, Hell's a lot easier than Elden Ring. I'll say that much. Hitting those windows is a lot easier in Babylon's Fall. Um, I, I think the dodging is broken in this. Really? I, I, I found I, it I very hard to tell. I just with it right away. No, I found it very hard to tell when an attack was coming at the right time. It was in the dodging, like... There seemed to be no pattern to like dodging one way or the other versus like getting out of the way of the attack. Like I'd agree with that. Yeah. It's just it's I I I don't know. Like coming off of Elden Ring doesn't help here because the combat in this is garbage compared to that. It's just awful. You want to talk about not being able to cancel out of shit. Yeah. Like this thing doesn't let you cancel out of anything. Um, it's just way easier than Elden Ring. Like the window to to roll and dodge is way wider than an Elden Ring. The the punishing isn't anywhere near as bad. Like it's a typical action adventure hack and slash where you can take twenty hits before you finally die. And you know they although give you... oddly the uh, health potions are more limited. Yeah, you get that, like that five true. per per. Lo- I mean, not that you ever really need them all unless you're playing solo. Yeah, I hardly ever even use them at all. And if you play with other humans, you use them even less. Um, because like I was playing with people who were, had been playing for a long time. And the first like time I played with other people, I ended up getting left in the dust. Like they knew where they were going. And I'm like, wait a minute, there's this chest over here and I probably need, and they were gone. And by the time I catched up to them, they were already in the next arena. And I was trapped outside the arena, like looking in. There was one time where I was running right behind him and that happened to me. The wall just appeared right before I got into the arena and I was trapped and had to watch them fight. Like usually the, the games fight. like that, they'll just teleport anyone who's not in yeah. yet into the where the action's happening. Yep. That's very But not strange. in this. For whatever weird, goofy reason, it trapped me outside. Now, I did get all the rewards, oddly enough, from that fight, even though I did not fight at all. But I was still collecting all the stuff that they were basically getting out of the enemies as they killed them. So I still got the rewards for the mission, even though I did absolutely nothing. And here is the hub world we were talking about. This is like the little overworld that you go to between your your bouts out on the interwebs with other people. It's pretty lifeless and dead, but it has all the, the necessities, essentially, that you see in every game like this. That's really what this game is. It's just the most generic game-as-a-service ever. Like the plot, I was talking about it earlier. You're part of this group of people who can survive having these things installed onto your back. There's like dozens of you at the beginning of the game. Only like three of you survive. And those are the three that you keep seeing in the cutscenes. There's these goofy cutscenes that happen back at the hub area. It's it's not a good game. It's Metacritic, when I checked yesterday, was like a 4.1, which makes it, without a doubt, the absolute worst fantasy draft pick in our fantasy video game fantasy league ever no one has ever drafted other than games that didn't come out and got zeros no one has ever drafted a game that got a four now it is my second alternate and i'm hoping that i don't have to use it at all but i will wear the scarlet letter as having made the worst draft pick in sifted video game fantasy league history Hmm. period there's no disputing it I do not think it's a four. I will say that. I will say this. The first hour, two hours, I thought it was a four. I thought maybe it was worse than a four. As I stuck with it and my level, my character started leveling up and I got better gear and I started playing with better people, I started to, I hate to admit it, I did start to enjoy it a little bit. Maybe because of its simplicity? I don't know. Um, But I did find it moderately entertaining eventually. 
Um, and so I would not, if I were to review it, I would not give How it a How come everybody four. else has better clothes than you do? Because they've been playing a long time. This mm. is this is what I'm talking about. This is my very first time mm. playing online. And they I run like away com- from me. When you complete the first mission, you get a, a trophy that pops up that says, the first of many. I'm just like, bold. <laughs> a bold assumption, <laughs> sir. That's very optimistic on your yeah. part to assume I'm going to unlock more trophies. <laughs> I did. Like, I did kind of stick with it. I don't know why. Well, see, that look, right there it happened to me. Now I'm stuck outside the arena. That is weird. And I was running right behind them. And I was just stuck was outside. It, wait, was there a button prompt there? I don't know. It looked I don't like there think was so. a button prompt there for, for a circle button. Uh, maybe that would, like, pop you in there. Let's see. See what happens here. So they run in. Yeah, there's a circle button. I bet if you press circle there, you'll go through that barrier. and help Where's out. the prompt at? Right over his head. See? Oh. The UI in this is so hard to fucking <laughs> see because everything's brown. It's still weird that they would trap me outside. No, was, it's weird that they wouldn't just automatically do that. I was running right next to them, and it trapped yeah. me outside the arena. It's so weird. But again, this is not a great game. I'm not saying this game is good. I'm saying it's probably a little better you're than say, a four. You're saying that at a certain point the Stockholm Syndrome kicks in, yeah. and maybe you don't think it's so bad for a yeah. while. And as you can see, there's loot that you collect in chests, and there's you know stuff that you can, like resources that you can collect. But it, again, it's just everything that you've done in all these games before and done it better in other games. That's probably the best way I could describe it. But mm-hmm. I don't think... It's completely yeah, it's, uh, worthless. It's sitting at a 41 on Metacritic and a 2.2 user score. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I feel like um, maybe, maybe Square will learn their lesson on making games as a service at this point. It's three that haven't really worked out for them. Yeah. So Andy T. Monahan, people have a lot of feelings about this <laughs> because it's platinum. And so people are like, what's going on over there? Um, Andy T. Monahan says, you go from Transformers, Turtles in Manhattan, Legend of Korra, Astral Chain... This developer has no direction. Well, they are, they're a developer. The problem is they're a developer for hire. They don't have control of their direction generally mm-hmm. because. And letting Square make all the calls on something is inevitably going to lead you to some dark places. Yeah. So. And you're right. Like every game that you list um, is not good. I mean, Astral Chain, I like. But Legend of Korra, bad. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, not terrible but not good transformers game not terrible not good yeah i didn't like i mean i like the aesthetic and what they're doing in the transformers but like i thought that combat system was just the most repetitive crap and it doesn't use the transformation properly it's just like okay so like optimus trying to just turn into a truck and ram somebody in the middle of a combo in midair i just i I thought devastation was dumb it was dumb but it was still dumb fun yeah, I mean, I like seeing I them do Menasaur and, and Devastate. Like, it was cool, like, seeing what they did aesthetically and depicting things and, like, getting kind of the, a lot of the old voice actors and stuff. But as, as a game, I found it incredibly bland. Mm-hmm. And especially, and grindy. Like, like, once you finish those five levels, you're supposed to play that over and over and over and over and over and over until you randomly get the loot drops you need to get the next difficulty, which is then going to just make you randomly grind over and over. Like, why? Like, why would I do that? What is What is fun about that? I don't mm-hmm. get it. Yeah. Only five characters. There's no like appreciable difference between some of them. Like it's just, I don't care. I it's just. People are already giving you the fantasy league, Matt. I mean, if it was just came down to picking Elden Ring, sure. <laughs> well, there's a long way to go, people. It's not I mean, I, do you have, you don't have two zeros yet? No, uh-uh. I have one. Although they still haven't announced that that game's been delayed out of the year. What? Um, Suicide Squad Kill Justice League. Oh yeah. That still hasn't been announced by WB that it's been delayed. 
So I'm yeah. still holding out a little well, bit. Well, then Breath of the, I I still think Breath of the Wild is a is, I, it's I, dicey. I, I said that uh, when I drafted it. And you told me I was crazy. I thought they would get it out this year. <laughs> I didn't feel comfortable doing it, but honestly, if it comes out, like it can get a 9.7, just like Elden Ring. It could get a perfect 10 across the board. It's Nintendo. It's not over yet. Um, Paul Edward, 1979. I'm worried about Bayonetta 3. Do you think they should be? I do not. I, I'm a little bit, just because Platinum's so uh, uh, inconsistent. I mean, do I think it's gonna be, it could be this bad? No, probably no not. No way. Um, what a travesty that Nintendo would be. Nintendo in general, is it, that's also, see, yeah, because see, that's the same stupid circular prompt that I didn't see. You have to, to use, those, like, those, there's a grapple yeah, thing Yeah, the grapple thing, which yeah. they explain terribly. They do, <laughs> And you can and then never they pop, see the icon when right. you're supposed to use and it. And then they pop it up sometimes when they're like, don't forget to do this. And I'm like, where? And there's nothing. There. Uh-huh. And, but like one time they popped it up and it was like right near this, like a bunch of spikes and there was a swinging chandelier over it. I'm like, oh, that was, but it's not. It wasn't one of the things you can grapple onto. It was just there's a swinging chandelier over it. You're supposed to jump over that. It's so bad. It's so poorly communicated and poorly everything. It's this, poorly it, everything. It is one of the worst games I have played in a really long time. But four, that's pretty brutal, man. That means it has, like, no redeeming values, pretty much. I mean, I would, I'm would, i fine saying that. Yeah. I mean, I haven't played it as much, but also, like, I don't see any reason to. There's Especially this month, there's so many other things to play that are infinitely better. Like, mm-hmm. like you're sitting to sit there and say, like, oh, you should put another couple hours into this game instead of going back to Elden Ring Horizon or Gran Turismo. Like, no. Yeah. No. Well, I didn't tell you to. No, but, I, like, <laughs> but like, if someone else is, it's like, no. No. Yeah. Like on a, in the in the deadest month of the deadest year, maybe this might be better than staring at the wall. But that's about <laughs> it, and not for seventy bucks or whatever it is. The other thing too about this game, did you notice how like the PC cursor will come up on the console yeah. version of the game? Yeah, it'll be up in the corner of the screen. Yeah. Like you're in load, you're in load screens and yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, what is going? So I can understand why. Some people are a little nervous about Bayonetta 3 right now. Because it's like, there's just so many obvious mistakes in this mm. game. Also, you're going to pop up two tutorial windows to explain what jumping is, but you're not going to tell me how the loot system works? I know, works? they don't tell you. What is that? Uh, and the first time I used the loot system, I gave everything away. Right. Yeah. Did you do that? No, but I saw that one of the buttons did that. I was like, that's misleading. Like, and I didn't know until, and yeah. it's like, oh, you just gave everything away. I'm like, what? I don't want I Because you that. can't tell, like, because one is uh, the, 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 the button... Like the revealing everything seems a lot similar is similar to just selling everything. Yeah, it's dumb. <laughs> yeah, what do you think this is gonna impact? This is gonna have on platinum. I don't know. I mean, like I'd hope, I'd hope that like people would re- you know other publishers or whatever would realize that like okay you're you're dealing with probably their C team doing work for hire for Square, which doesn't even know what they want half the time. I mean, Square couldn't even... Crystal Dynamics couldn't pull off a decent Avengers game as a service with Square calling the shots. What makes you think Platinum's, like, you know, like, farm team is going to pull that off with this generic crap? What do you think happened? So Platinum's been lobbying Microsoft to start working on Scalebound again. If Phil Spencer plays this, you think he gives it to him? I mean, I would have to imagine that, they, that Microsoft knows what scale bound looks like already. And you, just, you know, already know that scale bound is better than what you're looking at here. Just from the, the demos they've done. I'm not saying scale bound looks great, but like, I don't know. Also, it seems like a lot of scale bounds ideas have been reincorporated in a band at a three with mm-hmm. the giant monster. Yeah, fights like and got stuff. the kaiju so, stuff. Yeah, it does. Um, so we'll see. Like, I would like band at a three to be good because Me I like too. what they're after there. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, this doesn't even look like the same game. Just like, what I'm talking about. Like I, you're, I think we're off camera before we started talking about this. You're, you were like, oh, I could tell it was going to be terrible. I'm like, how? Like, because it it, the game looks completely different in these well, this, trailers. Well, this still looks bad to me. Like not not visually bad, but like it still looks like the most generic garbage. Like like just okay, just whacking things with a stick. Who cares? Um, it does not, from these trailers, you do not get the impression that it's going to look like it looks. Yeah. Know? So they're, they're supposed to be this weird kind of like mosaic stained glass art style to it. When you play the game, you can't tell it's there mm. at all. And the other thing is like all these like little extra moves, like the grapple to them, so all that stuff. Like you can't do any of that in the beginning. No. Uh-uh. Like yeah. it's not, it's, that's the, the other weird thing is like a lot, usually platinum stuff. Like, there's upgrades and stuff, but you usually start with most of the combat system sort of in place, yeah. and you just have to learn how to use it effectively. In this, it's just sort of like, oh, no. Like, you, because it's a loot-driven thing, you have to get the right weapons to do things. You got to unlock things for the whatever the Gideon thing is. It feels like, like this marketing is, like, deceptive. Watching bit. this now after playing it. Like, it literally feels like it's, like, fake. A little bit. Like, it... I mean, I'm sure it got me. Obviously, I drafted it as my second alternate. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I mean, obviously, we didn't think it was going to be a four, but like this, this never looked much like. You know, also, it could have been a thing. You know, where I thought it was going to be like a six or at a a ten or so, but it was still get eights in the reviews because it's platinum and nobody knows anything anymore. Yeah. Um, But no, I'm glad. I'm glad we all saw through the bullshit on this one. (laughs) I Um, didn't though. Well, once you played it, you did. Oh, of course, yeah. But, like, I was fooled by the trailers, absolutely. I guess. The like, game looks at nothing like this. No. It's crazy. I, yeah. I mean, it's all here, but it's like. It doesn't look like No, that. like, what ended up in the game, it's like, I don't know, it's like. It, 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 yeah, it's like you got catfished or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's like, wait, you don't look like your photo. <laughs> Yeah, so you have you don't have nearly as agile red tendrils as your profile made it look like you have. <laughs> yeah, so that's Babylon's fall. Yeah. Just I'm watching still... this is already more engaging than the opening cutscene. Yeah, I'm still not sure exactly what the story is. Like, you're just these warriors who can survive these things being installed on your back. Yeah, they're well, sending the, I... you in to collect stuff for something you're going because the so it's it's after the fall of the original babylon and they've these they've found babylon and they're basically resurrect restoring the ziggurat that that offended god to the point that he tore it down or whatever what is a ziggurat oh it's like a giant tower no you know about the, the the thing you're fighting your way through the in this is a giant yeah. tower and then like the bigger i guess the moral issue is that like there's these blue sun or blue sun or more than one blue sun at the top of the tower and it causes this like disease that kills people and so like the rich people only go there for brief periods of time and where then did leave. you get all this from it's a conversation in the bar after I the told, first mission oh i skipped through it it was so inane yeah well that, that so so like basically like the the peasants who can't leave like die from like sort of like blue sun cancer and so the the guy in the in the armor like you know ishan the guy in the armor he like opens his you don't see it because he opens his he's like apparently he's really messed up from from the whatever that blue his face is is all screwed up so basically he says like yeah if you get to the top of the tower you can destroy the suns and save everybody's life because it will even stop the disease in people who already have the disease i'm like i don't think that's how anything works but okay (laughs) whatever um so the ultimate goal seems to be to get to the top and turn off the sun okay (laughs) (laughs) okay makes perfect sense um so there you go that's babylon's fall neither one of us recommend it no um yeah that's yeah 
it makes a lot of sense that like it started as a Dragon Guard game because the Dragon Guard games have always been sort of like janky, weird things. They with, have with yeah. that sort of strange. I don't art quite understand style. our style and yeah. the world design uh-huh. and kind of the like it yeah. it real like that would definitely fit a Dragon Guard game. Yeah, um, I do actually. I like most of the Dragon Guard game. I I like three. Okay, I really like two. Also, the, the you know they they come from a lot of the near. Yeah, the, those are originally made by the near team, mm-hmm. um, and uh, they have the same sort of bleak. Oh my god, I can't believe that's what the ending is. Sort of thing. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of horrible shit that happens in those games. Um, it, that the horrible been a, stuff that happens in this game is just yeah, the game is, itself. This is yeah. <laughs> it would have been more interesting to see what that what that Dragon Guard game would have been. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think there's only so there's only so much you can do when Square like moves in and decides like, oh, like we want this to be Destiny. Yep. Make it happen. It's like okay, like you can you can see you can feel that the the dev team doesn't have their heart in that. Yeah. It's just not there. Yeah. It's uh, not recommended for me either one of us. No. Although I do think after playing a good bit of it, I think the four is a little harsh, but does it matter? No. No. Whether it's a six or a four or a five and a four, it doesn't matter. It's still, in this month especially, hard to recommend for like anyone. Plat- like Platinum, they got to figure something out here. Like they got to, I don't know. I mean, I know you're kind of at the mercy of the contractor when you take on the work for hire, but it's like, you gotta pick better, or you gotta mm-hmm. branch out your your ability to do more than just swing a sword at things. Like, like they're good at one thing, and the and 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 sort of it's a crapshoot whether the rest of it around the combat system is gonna be worthwhile or interesting. And they gotta improve that. Yeah, like, like the, the consistency is just not there. They're also often trapped by licenses, where mm-hmm. your contractor, the person who's assigned you to to create the game, is like, this has to come out on X date. Mm-hmm. and sometimes the game isn't finished or you have to kind of pull back on the ideas or the concepts yeah. that you have I, for the game to get it I done I feel like the, you, I mean, the only explanation for why this game came out when it did is that Square knows it's bad and wants it to be overlooked. Yeah. Like, putting it out right now is a guaranteed way to send it to die. Well, I know this. Getting review code for this game was not easy. Mm, they knew better, huh? Yeah, so... Meanwhile, people already have Ghostwire Tokyo. Yeah, I know. So exactly. That's confidence. There. Right, we'll exactly. So, yeah, with this game, it's like I usually get everything from Square Enix. It's just sent to me. I don't even have to, like, request it. Mm. It just shows up in my inbox. And this had not shown up. <laughs> and so I reached out to my contact at Square Enix who was out of the office. And he's like, oh, I'll contact the agency and they'll send it to you or whatever. Next day passes. <laughs> I got to meet. We are not from your country. I got an we do not, <laughs> I got we do an not email. know what you mean. <laughs> I got an email that said, we're, we're, you are under consideration for review code of whatever. <laughs> and uh, we'll get back to you soon about whether we're going to give you one or not. And I just forwarded it to my buddy. And I was like, this is what they replied with. And 10 minutes later, he sent me a code. He's oh. like, here you go. So, yeah. <laughs> Notice there were no reviews of this game either on launch day. No. None. Yep. So... That, as always, is never a good sign. Anytime a game comes out and there are no reviews for it, always wait for at least one review. Preferably multiple reviews. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next. It still only has 12 reviews. It it has 12? Only 12. Yeah. I do wonder how much content is in the game. I played it. Gamers Heroes gave it an 80. I played a good bit of it. I never got to any of the stuff that was shown in that trailer. No. Like, I never had 
crazy attacks. I never fought bosses that were like four stories tall. Yeah. I mean, I'm I, sure they're in there somewhere, but I don't recall ever disliking a game so heavily only to fall in love with it moments later. Oh. That's the positive one. Hmm. Weird. I mean, I could understand a little bit of that. I thought it was one of the worst games I'd ever played for the first hour or two. And then it was only just one of the worst games I ever played after a couple hours. So, yeah. All right, we got to move on. And we're going to do that. And we're going to talk yeah, about... This year's Balin Wonderworld. It is kind of. Are. But I I will say this, Matt. I would much rather play Babylon's Fall than Balan Wonderworld. Way more. Like, I think I'll just play Elden Ring and call it a right, day. Right, exactly. I'll just play something I want to play, period. Uh, anyway, we're going to talk next about a Switch console exclusive strategy RPG called Triangle Strategy. Um, it was originally called Project Triangle, and everyone was like, that's a really dumb name. And then they just <laughs> so doubled- go Go back. Go back to Project <laughs> Triangle. <laughs> and then they just doubled down, and they uh, ended up calling it Triangle Strategy. Um, it is created by the same developer- that has created using the same exact art style. I would add. Yeah, there's definitely a uh, a consistency here. Yeah, I mean, it's I guess it's their house style yeah. at this point. I mean, I like it. I don't mind, but there is an element of like is. I think a lot of people assume these games are all connected somehow. They're not. They are not. They're not. Yeah, they're they're separate universes, separate everything. Um. So yeah, it looks like pro, like Octopath Traveler. Yeah, I mean, it's, they really they all look like Final Fantasy Tactics. Like, they that's, do. That's what they come from. Is, and I would. Compare this game to Final Fantasy Tactics in a yeah. number of ways. Not I think that's it's very much a descendant. I think it's trying to be Final oh, Fantasy sure. Tactics because sure. have you been playing this by the way? No. Okay. So the plot is very much like Final Fantasy Tactics. It looks like it. The names look like Final Fantasy Tactics. The like. uh the so a big crux of the plot is that in this world, salt is worth like gold. For whatever so that's reason. That's our world. What? I mean that was that was true back in the day. That's that actually right. It is weird how Roman certain soldiers spices were, and yeah. things like that were Roman worth soldiers so much. were paid in salt. And Final Fantasy Tactics has a similar angle in its world, um, where these mm. resources that you would just take for granted today are actually now very valuable in That's this I, world. As my history teacher always said, if a portal opens in your living room and you're going to get sucked back into medieval times, and you can only grab, you only have time to grab one thing, you grab the spice rack. Really? And you are you are set for life. <laughs> Like the amount of cinnamon in one bottle of cinnamon today would would make you a rich the richest man in town. That's insane. Because look, most of human certainly in in the West, uh, most of human trade, especially in Europe, has been dedicated to making food not taste terrible, <laughs> or actually have some flavor. Yeah. Well, I mean, most of the the meat was slightly rotted, so they're putting a lot of salt on it, covered that up. Yeah. Like that was you know like ima- imagine imagine living your life eating like like British food and then suddenly someone gives you salt. Oh my gosh. It'd make your mouth catch on fire. Or or cloves (laughs) or garlic, anything, you know? Yeah. Amazing. Yep. Uh, So anyway, you think that wouldn't be a problem in a world where you can like cast fireball, but like, whatever. (laughs) There's no damn salt. (laughs) (laughs) Or there's a big ocean right there where you can just, yeah, just pull some water out. (laughs) I mean, or honestly just let it. That's what all the mages would be doing. (laughs) Would they just be like dehydrating ocean water to get salt out of it? There's there's that. And honestly, sea salt is way better than regular salt as well. So you actually would have the best salt possible. But anyway, return to this fictional world with me, Mr. Kyle, where where salt is worth gold. And what does it feel like to touch the salt? Yeah, exactly. Is it moist? Marriages are arranged. (laughs) 
And that's the, how this game starts off. Mm. You play as like you're playing as how much a prince. Salt, how much salt does a marriage cost? Uh, I bet I, that's a lot of salt. No, actually, I don't think there's any uh, exchange of salt with the wedding vows. No, they're trying to um, <laughs> depends how happy you are with the match. I guess <laughs> I'd be salty. They're trying to basically form a truce because the the term triangle strategy refers to the three different territories that are in the game that had mm. been at war up until like 30 years ago. Now they're all trying to figure out how they're going to peacefully coexist. One of the territories is the only territory that has salt. So mm. it has... That would be a very important territory. Right, exactly. So it kind of has the upper hand. There's a lot of political intrigue in this game. Too much, <laughs> honestly. There is There are just rungs and rungs and rungs of script in this game. There's hardly any fighting. It, it honestly feels like a walking, like a, a visual novel, more than it feels mm. like a strategy RPG. I mean, I the I, fighting I see is that. so infrequent. I wonder. It probably gets more later. I, I played I, a good bit of it, man. Like, yeah, but these games are like a hundred hours long. Like, I don't know how long this one is, but I'm probably fifteen hours into it, something like that. I mean, I've played a lot of it because it's it's a handheld game. And I've been playing it like while the wife watches TV or whatever at night after I played all the other stuff like on the TV or whatever. Um, and it is a great handheld game because it's a turn-based strategy game. And those work great on handheld because you can just pause it whenever you want and you're good to go. But it is really light on combat. and you So you'll complete a skirmish. I'm mad I'm not exaggerating. After that, you will watch an hour of story. Mm-hmm. An hour. And nothing happens. They just stand there, and like every once in a while, one of them will turn their head. Mm-hmm. I'm sure every once in a while, one of them like pops up and down. Oh yeah, yeah. they're upset about something. Right? Yeah, they'll jump up and down or yeah. something. Like, and that's it. It's like you're staring at a static screen. Honestly, I mean, that's what people who like Final Fantasy Tactics want. I think th- maybe this could be the first ever game on tape. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. There's hardly any voice acting, like, uh, because there's just, the script is gigantic. Like, I don't know how they couldn't voice it all. Although this is a $60 game. It's a full price game. And they're they're asking full price for this. There's no voice acting in it. It's literally just reading text on the screen probably 80% of the time you play it. I'm not exaggerating. It's that prevalent. And it's important. So there are choices that you can make in conversations. They do actually affect stuff, like surprisingly so. Um, there are three endings to the game as well. Then all these decisions that you make lead down that road to the, to the different endings. Um, there are segments of the game where it's kind of like free roam. They'll put you out in an environment and you go around and like check all the doors and go into the houses and talk to all the people and get in conversations where you make decisions that will affect things later on. Um, But again, the bulk of the game is just spent with people talking. Now, the actual strategy in this game is good. I really like the combat system. So there are, it's very typical grid-based, isometric, whatever. You can control the camera though, which is cool, to give you a better view of like where the enemies are and things like that. It can still get a little hard to see like who is on what square uh, but for the most part, you can scroll around until you get a decent view of it. And then the the tweaks to it are, if you attack someone from behind, you always get a critical. Every time. Mm-hmm. 100%. Also, you know, Final Fantasy Tactics. It is. And then another thing is, if you 
have your party members on each side of an enemy. If you attack from one side, the other side will then follow up as well. Mm-hmm. And so you can get two attacks in, and that all plays into how you're posi- positioning your party members on the battlefield. Um, the magic casting in the game, like the area of effect, is often like a weird shape. Mm-hmm. And so part of the strategy is trying to get your magic caster to a place on the map where they can then use that range of effect and line it up perfectly with the enemies on the grid for mass- maximum effect. Um, and as you can see, here's some of the decision-making that I was talking about earlier. But those little tweaks make a big, big difference. Like, just the idea of if you have someone on both sides of the enemy and you attack once, you actually get two attacks, that changes, like, everything. If you can completely surround somebody, you can do four attacks with just two attacks. And a lot of the strategy is built around that. When you get further into the game and the battles start to get harder, you have to do that. Um, and you have to maximize that. So I really, I've played a lot of these games, and I I have really enjoyed the combat system and triangle strategy. I just wish there was a lot more of it. Um, what else? There's tons of characters, just like Fire Emblem. There's like too many. It's like I struggled to build relationships with a lot of them, despite the fact that there is no permadeath. Um, at least I I did some research after I thought there was no permadeath, and as it turns out, they wanted to put it in at first, and it was in the demo. Hmm. And people revolted so much from the demo, the free demo that was on the eShop, that they took it out, which is great. Um, But you can see here how long these conversations go. I mean, there's just like, and they have given you great tools. You can like hit the the right right bumper and fast forward through the story, and it's really good in that it will stop and hitch just for like a second if it gets to an important piece of dialogue that it thinks you should pay attention to so it's pretty clever it's like it knows that you're gonna skip through most of the dialogue but then when there's in sentences that happen that they're like you know what you probably need to know this you'll see it kind of glitch and stop and then you let off and you can read that part and then hold down the bumper again and go through all the other because there it is very verbose there's just it's very wordy and the writing is good um, for as much writing as there is, and particularly for a game that was um, developed in Japan, so the translation team did an excellent job on this because there's it was a lot of work. There's no doubt about it. Um, what else can I tell you about this? Oh, you level your character and the weapons separately, which isn't that out of the ordinary. A lot of RPGs That's do that. Very Final Fantasy Tactics. Yep, and um, also if you're level, you ride chickens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, you can't. Um, as you good because it's pointless. <laughs> Also, there are some things that cross over. So sometimes if you level up as your character, it also levels up some of the attributes of your weapon as well. Mm. Um, yeah, character leveling is basically just you use items to level up. Again, like kind of like Fire Emblem. And then weapon leveling is basically handled with crafting. Um, what else? The visuals. Like I know a lot of people really like this art style. I think the art style is okay, but they just don't do enough with it. Most of the time is spent with just a static screen where a character moves its head like yeah. once every like. Like I like the art style, but I do think it works better if you're if it's a more combat heavy mm-hmm. game like Octopath Traveler, where like if you're gonna make me watch cutscenes with these characters forever, like I don't think those those little little chibi characters really are expressive enough for that. No, you, it's like again, like they'll turn their head or whatever, or they'll move like five inches on the screen like that's a lot of that's a lot to to ask of little chibi characters and static portraits yep 
they, they, they can't sell it, unfortunately. Um, again, it is full-priced, and that really gives me pause. I don't know if the Advance Wars collection is going to be full price or not. I think it's 40 Is it 40 If I remember, I think it is. If that's the case, I would absolutely say hold off and don't get this and get the Advance Wars 1 Plus 2 reboot or recamp reboot or whatever it's called. Um, those games are old. You may have played them already, in, in which case if you're deciding between that and Triangle Strategy, I would go with Triangle Strategy. I wouldn't recommend <laughs> that you play the Advance Wars games over again, over this. But for 60 bucks, I expect more. I'll be honest with you. Like, I feel like this game should have been priced at 30 or 40 bucks max. Um, I don't want to begrudge them for the art style, but it does feel a little lazy to me. Uh, uh, Advance Wars is 60. Oh, it is 60. Oh, crap. Okay. Should have known Nintendo was going <laughs> for full price on that. Well, I would, I'll say this. I would still recommend getting... Advance yeah. Wars. I mean, I, I like Advance Wars better than Final Fantasy Tactics to begin with. So right. I, I'm I'm one of the outliers who never liked Tactics. Yeah. Um, for some reasons that are clearly not a problem here. Like I hate the five character limit. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate the the height thing. I don't think the height of the terrain thing is done well. That I, all I, that also that's very important in this game. Yeah. Always elevation. Yeah. Can completely turn a battle. But like you had these things in tactics where it was like you just you couldn't find four squares in the game that the, the next to each other that the game really agreed were actually next to each other. Right. And like um this seems a little more obvious. I, I like the fact that like looking just looking at the movement there that you it'll show you which enemies can hit you yep. from where you're gonna move. That information's good. It's a little helps. hard to see and read at times though, because I think again, because of the art style. Um, as I said, they do give you camera control so you can kind of scroll around to kind of figure out like what is on each square, but it's not easy to pick up on, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, it can get a little busy, I guess is the best way to put it. Whenever there's a bunch of people on the battlefield and they're trying to tell you this guy can still reach you from here, there's arrows coming from like everywhere, um, and it can be a little hard to read. But that's not my biggest complaint with the game. Really, my biggest complaint with the game is the price. The story is really good. I'm pretty much sucked into it at this point. I'm glad it's a good handheld game because I will continue to play it until I finish it, I think, eventually. Um, It may take me a while before I get there, but I think I will do it because the story is really good. The writing is really good. And again, this should be the world's first game on tape. I don't feel like I take away all that much from the gameplay because it doesn't happen all that often. It just feels like they're like, oh, wait, we need to make this a video game, and they'll just throw in, mm-hmm. like, a little section of combat. There's a little bit of that to some some things. Like, what was it uh, 13? What was that game? Was 13 it just Sen- 13? 13 Sentinels. Oh, yeah. Aegis uh, Rim? Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, like, 80% visual novel and, like, 20% weird pseudo-real-time strategy yeah. thing. Like, that was very strange. There's a lot of reading in this game. And it's, the one thing I would say, though, is, like, the lower... The uh, subtitles are hard to read on a handheld. Yeah, I would imagine. They're small, and the text is hard to read at times, too. Especially with the density of, like, the visuals as well. Yeah. Like I'm sure that on a small screen, that's a lot harder. It kind of bleeds in. Yeah. Uh, but overall, it's a finely crafted game that's very well written. Um, and the combat is great when you get to do it. But I think most people will be like, dang, man, I'm yeah. spending a lot of time reading text in this thing. But if you want a new game of this nature, they don't really make them anymore. Yeah, so. and there's a reason why they don't come along all that often. So, mm. And if you, you're right, though. If you do want games like this in the future, you might want to support this one because mm. who else is going to make them? 
Um, but yeah, 60 bucks for this game, way too much. This is a handheld game, 100%. It, it, this would be like released on the 3DS if the Switch didn't exist anymore. It didn't exist. And it should be like 34 99 30 to 40 bucks max. But it's not. It's a full price game, which was something we did talk about back during the transition away from the 3DS was, is Nintendo now going to start charging full price for games that would have been $34 on the 3DS? Yeah, because this would have clearly been a handheld game. Oh, absolutely. If, and if it would have cost $34.99. So, yeah, I think it would have been 40 they were, they were, at were 30, there $40 they were at 30, oh, 3DS yeah. games? Oh, yeah. I thought 34 were, was the max. No, there were, there were definitely $39.99 oh, wow. 3DS games by the end of the system's I life. didn't see any of those. Um, but anyway... It is a pretty good game. It's just not worth the money, in my humble opinion. So, um, Ashes in the Hourglass says it's worth noting that there was a Final Fantasy Tactics remake in the NVIDIA leak. Yeah, that's right. I forgot mm. about that. Another one. But <laughs> it's like, when is that coming? It could be a long time before that shows yeah. up. I mean, they, or if, if they, ever. They've all turned out to be true, really. They have. Yeah, that leak has been on the money. But that the doesn't mean it's coming anytime soon. No. If Chrono Cross is real, I'd imagine we'll see that Final Fantasy Tactics by the end of the year. Yeah, probably so. Um, you probably don't want to put it out against Triangle Strategy. <laughs> Actually, you may be right. I mean, I'm laughing about it, but that yeah. may be part of it for sure. Um, Vincent says they moved to 40 in general by the end. Yeah. I thought the 40 was the um, the carts that were 3DS XL only, or what was the... No, those those disappeared very soon. Very The new 3DS stuff, they only made like five of those or something. Yeah. The uh, no, By the end, of they were... I mean, even the, like the Professor Layton games were 40 oh, by yeah. the end of it. Yeah. It was annoying, actually. I was fortunate. I got all those sent to me by Nintendo right until the bitter end. They were actually still sending me physical copies until the bitter end yeah. of 3DS stuff. And then that was it. After and then that, like the, the ones that came in like the, you know, the boxes with the collector, like, those were even more. Yeah. But of course, those are worth a lot more now. It's weird. Yep. Um, certainly Metroid was 50, was 40. Was it? For sure. And then like the, the collector's one was more was like 50, I think. What return of Samus? Is that yeah. what you're talking about? Yeah. So anyway, there you go. That's triangle strategy. Switch only. I don't recommend it. Uh, and for the last topic of today's show, we're going to discuss Grand Theft Auto six. What a ride it has been the last 24 hours since we put up the story with Pactor's information. It has been, insane just across the board from in so many ways it's like mm. i mean probably the best way to sum it all up in the end is that people didn't view pactor as a reliable source i think that's probably if you want to sum it up in a sentence of what happened with that information that's probably it mm-hmm. everywhere pactors it's really sad it makes me sad to Think about how people view Michael Pactor because there's two there's two different things at play with him and with this situation. There's the fact that Michael makes a lot of predictions where he's trying to guess what's going to happen, which none of us are really good at that. And then there's stuff that you are told, which from a source, those are two entirely different things, but people are conflating them together. They're saying, oh, he predicted the Wii HD, which actually ended up coming true, which is funny that people trot that out. The Wii U is the Wii HD. Mm-hmm. But anyway, people always trot that out. They're like, oh, he said the Wii HD was coming, and it didn't come. But that was different. That was him just using information to guess what was going to happen. This is a different situation. This is him being given information by somebody who should know what the correct information is. 
Um, and so it's been sad to me to watch people conflate that together. And like, I hate seeing him getting slagged online for this because he had no reason to share that information other than like trying to hook us up. There's no upside for him. None. Like his next call with take two is going to be weird. Mm-hmm. And he's friends with the CEO. Like they talk all the time. That next call is going to be weird. He had no motive to share this information. None. The only thing that could have happened was bad. Like, that's it. There was no upside for him. So, to everyone to, like, slag off his information because, oh, he predicted WeHD and blah, blah, blah. And then there's just other people who are just saying stuff that's just not true. Oh, he predicted that God was going to come down from the sky. Like, just dumb shit like that. Um, So, it does bother me that people are going after Pactor and conflating those two things together. Um... I don't know, maybe he'll someday share the source. Um, I'm not going to. I would imagine that, like, you know, given, like, where information tends to come from for these things, like, why would anyone even know the source? Right. If he said so. Right. Like, well, I don't think. A lot of people get sources from, like, someone who, like, you know, is, is working in some company or whatever, and it's like, is, what are you going to do, like, call him? Are you yeah. going to, like, double check? Like, I don't even it? mean, like, name him specifically or her specifically. I mean, say, like, why the information is trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Because, and I'm not going to ask him to do that, because he shouldn't have to. <laughs> um, but if he gets to the point where he's, like, sick of people slagging him online, which I don't think he ever will, because uh, if he's not sick of it at this he'll point... He'll never know, yeah. And he doesn't even know, because he doesn't go out there and see it. So, um, I don't think he's ever going to tell people exactly what the source is. All I can tell you guys is that he told me what the source is, and I ran it based upon the source. That's it. Yeah. And I mean, in the end, if GTA 6 gets revealed and it is that. No one will remember. No one will care. And all that's going to happen is Pactor's going to be slagged online again. I'm going to get slagged online. On my own website, I would add you. I would add people saying that I oversold it. (laughs) I literally last week said, don't get too excited. And yet we had information on what is the biggest video game in the world. And if you go back and watch last week's episode... I literally said, it's not that gigantic. Don't, like, lose your crap over it. And then people were saying I oversold it. I don't know. It's, anyway, um, (laughs) it's been an interesting 24 hours, to say the least. Not just out on the wilds of the internet, but also on my own site that I have spent a lot of time, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and a lot of money to build. And there are some spots on my website where I don't feel welcome. And that hurts. People. In the forum? You guys think you're doing stuff that I don't see. I see it all. (laughs) And so I'll just say this. If you want to talk to me about stuff, I do Ask Shane Anything once a month. Show up. You got card questions you want to ask me? Show up. I'm there. I'm not hiding. You guys send me DMs. I answer them all. Nobody can come to you and say, oh, I sent Shane a DM. He blew me off. I answer them all. So if you guys want to make up stuff about me or about Pactor or about this situation, come on, ask Shane anything, be a man, and we'll talk man to man about it. Capiche? So anyway, it has been a trying 24 hours, and not for a lot of the reasons that I would have expected. Like, the wilds of the internet are one thing. Like, I've been dealing with that for 20-some years. It's still disturbing to me that nothing has changed, <laughs> because... One thing I will say is, like, on Sifted, 
it's a it's an oasis like we are kind of protected and that's what i wanted to create this place where people could go where they could escape the insanity of the rest of the internet now some of that's starting to seep in a little bit on sifted i'll be perfectly honest with you and that's disappointing to me but it is still way better than the rest of the internet and i haven't had to deal with it like i don't really go on twitter anymore because i don't have to i use sifted i go on twitter and i'm like this is an effing joke i'm sorting through a bunch of trash to try to find one thing i like that's why i created sifted so I haven't had to deal with this stuff for a long time. And you, I think I always assume that over time it may get better. Like people will evolve. It's worse. No. It's worse. So I went on Reddit last night and posted like the article. And I was full disclosure. I'm like, this is from my website. This is Michael Pachter. He's a financial analyst. He He's on CNBC. You may know him. Blah, blah, blah. This is, we vetted the source. He told me what the source is. I trust it. Put it up. Banned me. Just banned me. Hmm. And then the deluge of people from Reddit just telling me we're insane, we're crazy, who is this old guy? It's funny how many people don't have any idea who Pactor is. And I was like, just Google his name. And then, like, the replies were like, oh. <laughs> like That guy. Yeah, like, but they still didn't know who he was. Mm. They just Googled him and saw that he's been on TV like a billion times because there's just all these videos and shots of him on CNBC and all these other networks or whatever. So it's been interesting. But all I'm going to say is, believe me when I tell you that I vetted this stuff before I ran it. And we gave Pactor like a month to decide if he wanted to run it or not. And I kept going back to him and being like, hey, you still want to run this? Hey, you still want to run this? And he's like, yeah, it's solid. Like, run it. So we did our due diligence. Pactor, I can tell you, believes 1,000% that that information is accurate. What else mm. can you do? So that's what happened. It some did the, not get some, picked up. Some of the chat's asking what the story was. What what story was? What the story was. Oh, so people haven't read the story on our on our webpage or on YouTube? I guess YouTube? not. Oh, interesting. Um, I see someone says uh, Reddit is a sewer. I did not know that until yes. last night. And you are absolutely oh, yeah. right. The the moderator of the Grand Theft Auto 6 subreddit, how did he ever get that position? I mean, he, he literally, created it. He literally acts like he's like seven years old. He created the subreddit. That's all. I even replied to him. I'm like, I cannot believe that you are the moderator of an online community. He called Pactor a hack. He called me like an asshole or something. I'm like, you're the moderator of this community? What? Yeah. Well, because he created the subreddit. That's all. <laughs> he was the first person to make that, and that's what caught on. That's and it. so now he has power. If you want to call it that. Right. Sure. So anyway, um, yeah, well, the story is, is that Grand Theft Auto 6, and this is all according to Michael Pactor in his anonymous source, Grand Theft Auto 6 is going to include Liberty City, Vice City, San Andreas, and Europe slash London. Um, all those worlds are going to be connected, so you could possibly do things like run drugs from london to vice city and have to go through the ports and through the airports um everything's kind of interconnected now he doesn't have deep a lot of people are like that's technically infeasible and so they're just blowing it off because I of mean, that so is a lot of stuff rockstar has done in the past yeah i mean that's rockstar what rockstar tends does to, rockstar <laughs> aims for stuff that you think couldn't be right. possible and i'm not even saying that they're doing that here and don't look don't listen to anything i'm saying in this discussion and be like oh Pactor told Shane that, and now he's sharing it with us. No, this is all conjecture based upon what the article states. Um, so anyway, you know, I think a lot of it could be tied into just GTA Online. Like, mm -hmm. I, I, he also mentioned that 
The final game could be 400, 500 hours long. What I get from that is that that is in totality, meaning after you play the campaign and then you spend a ton of time in Grand Theft Auto Online. Or like that the the world remains a toy after you finish the campaign. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, or that it becomes GTA Online. Yeah. Like once the campaign's over, they kick you out in the world and it's now it's online yeah. and like everybody's running around like a crazy person. Yeah. The, the most common thing that people use to try to shoot it down is that they say it's technically infeasible and it's not mm-hmm. like, well, I've seen that and I've, I mean, I've mentioned it to in a, ver- a couple places and uh, one of the things, a, I would Microsoft get... flight simulator. Yeah. It's the whole world. The whole world. Yeah. <laughs> well, a, a sometimes, I mean, yeah. obviously you can't do anything with it, with it but like right. uh, I, it was, the pushback was both um, Pactor is always wrong. And the other pushback was and he's that's not that, always wrong. That's and that, that's his the, reputation, though. Right. The other pushback is that's that's been the rumor about the next GTA since like GTA three. Um, the, I looked for that stuff for a month and couldn't yeah. find. Well, any once of San Andreas came, what, what, the rumors around four were were that they were going to do GTA World basically, um, and then they didn't. They just did Liberty City, obviously, mm-hmm. um, which is boring. But yeah. um yeah, yeah there have been like a bunch of stuff yeah, especially after San Andreas was like so much bigger than anybody thought it was going to be because it had three cities and like did all of California and part of Nevada and like um there was sort of there's always been sort of this expectation that one day they were going to kind of put everything together again. Um and uh in the end the game that really does that is American American Truck Simulator. <laughs> You're right though. Um, <laughs> That's funny. But uh here's the thing though, it doesn't have to all be seamless and load. No, obviously Miami is not going to be seamless with California. Like yeah. you're going to be able to load different yeah, areas. Yeah, you're going to load in the areas. We're not. I don't think anyone. Th- well, some people must think this, but I don't think yeah. anyone rational. Yeah, you're really looking at thinks that it's going to be one seamless. Yeah, you're world. really looking at four huge maps. maps that you load into. But with these new consoles, yeah. the loading one, could be like one that. of which is already done. Right. Like, why would San Andreas need to be particularly different? Like, you'd probably right. add Vegas. Yeah. But why would that need to be particularly different? Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, you've already, you already know. That's the other advantage is, like, you know, because I think that he said, the source said it started in 2014. Yeah. Development. That's the other thing people are... T- some people are so dumb. So mm-hmm. he says they started development in 2014. It's going to take 10 years. A lot of the people are on the Reddit thread particularly were like... Oh, so you're saying the game's coming out in 2032? It's like, no. And then people are like, 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 like. It's just, I can't handle the internet anymore. I Maybe I've been spoiled being on Sifted where I don't have to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. But these people drive me insane. It's like, it feels like being in a loony bin when you're not crazy sometimes going out on the internet. Like, literally, I would imagine what it feels like to be trapped in a mental hospital around people who are legitimately insane while you're completely straight and you have to deal with these insane people. It, it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't gotten better over time. Like, it's been this way forever, and it I don't know if no, it's gotten worse. Well, well you, it has definitely gotten worse as, as, you know, kind of, especially, I mean, Reddit's part of that, where, like, you create these insular communities where um, you are never told you're wrong. Yeah. And what and part I mean that's part of the friction that's happening with the with the arguing over Elden Ring right now is you're dealing with people who are in their from software fandom bubble rubbing up against the people who are not all yeah. of a sudden which and like, like they didn't know who I was and they're like how do you know this information I'm like it's not my information I'm like but I do know people at Rockstar and they were like no effing way do you know someone at Rockstar 
Like that's where they are. They they mm-hmm. they put them on this pedestal that like nobody knows people yeah, at Ro- Rockstar. Everyone knows Rockstar employees only know other Rockstar employees. Yeah, it's like they wouldn't. Be- I'm like I've been a games journalist for 25 years. If I didn't, if I did not know someone by rocks from Rockstar by now, I would suck. Mm-hmm. Like. How incompetent would I have to be at my job to not know people at Rockstar I mean, after be, 25 years? To be fair, the people I knew at Rockstar don't work there anymore. Oh, uh, well, I know people who still work there. Um, and there are some people that I knew that aren't there anymore as well. And I still share stories from them sometimes. I've too. never known anyone who was at literally at Rockstar North, though. Oh, you mean someone in Scotland? In Scotland, actually working on that 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 segment of the, of the like a, the developers yeah yeah like i've known people from rockstar new york who like were in management and production and publishing and stuff yeah but i've never known anyone who was actually a developer at rockstar no i don't either north. i've never known someone who actually writes code yeah at, in scotland but does that matter <laughs> not really i mean that'd be a pretty good source <laughs> it would be yeah i don't think anyone has this source this probably map, not to be honest with you but they were—they could not believe that I knew people from Rockstar. It didn't matter. I sent them to my Twitter. I, I'm like, look at my bio, dude. Like, I'm not pulling this out of my ass. And they just were not having it. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. Well, you should see. I mean, that's happened to me in the past when I've, I've gone on and tried to, like, correct people about G4 stuff. Or, like, you know, especially when that video about the history of G4 came out, which was, like, a fun video, but a lot of it's wrong. Yeah. And I was like, no, th- that's not what happened. This happened. They're like, well, how would you know? I'm like, because I was literally there. I lived it. Like I was like, like <laughs> they I w- think they know better than you. Yeah, like like no, yeah. X play was this. I'm like no, X play was this. Like, yeah. like well, I, I'm like I literally co-created the show. Everyone's like, I was, a freaking genius. My Matt. name is on every single episode of that show. Even though, like even, even though these people have never done anything, yeah. they know more than anyone about everything. Well, it's, I mean, it's that's like the um the the car damage thing. Like yeah. you know, gamers will latch on to one explanation that sounds plausible and then they'll just re- that'll last for 20 years like that'll just be conventional wisdom yep. and as they say uh it takes you know 10 times more effort to dispel bullshit than to say it yeah so like once it's out there oh it's the hive mind yeah. it doesn't matter if you're right because there's and that's what happened at reddit last night i just got piled on mm-hmm. it was me against the rest of them and there's nothing you can do. You can't reply to all of them. Well, also because they spend all their time on there sort of speculating about it and talking about every little thing. And when they're wrong. And, and it's like, oh, this is different <laughs> than what we thought it was going to be. And so we can't accept it. Yeah. That's what happened. So. But eventually they will reveal the game and maybe it'll turn out to be exactly what Pactor says it is. And, and those people will never. No, that will never be acknowledged. No. But... no. They'll be like, oh, I knew all along. Mm. <laughs> well, that's what all the rumors have said for years about Grand Theft Auto games. So it's just finally they just did it. That's not a special thing to have known. No, that, that's what they'll be, say. That'll right? be the narrative. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. we knew everyone knew that. We just didn't. We, we expected something bigger than that or whatever. It's well, it's pretty cool that they're doing all. I mean, they should have done a new city too. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I well, they know. are. Well, kinda. London would be new. London would be. I mean, they've done London before. Yeah, they but London, not like not in the modern day, not in the three D era, and not also but. in full. Yeah, I mean. London was pretty decently sized in that expansion they did. Yeah. Um, that was just DLC, though, right? It was a, it was a separate expansion. It was no DLC then. It was a... Right, right. <laughs> that term didn't exist back then. No, it was a it was an Austin Powers expansion, yep. basically. But look, you guys are entitled to your opinion, whether you think it's real or not. I mean, I do. <laughs> I, I grilled Pactor over this. I gave him a huge window to bail on this, to be like, you know what? It's not worth it. Because I really thought at the end of the day, no matter what... It wasn't going to be worth it for him. And I love Pactor. And I didn't want him to have to deal with trolls and crap. And so I was like, look, like we don't have to run this. I'm gonna. I'd be an idiot mm-hmm. not to. 
but we don't have to. Like, if you don't feel like dealing with the internet hive, like, Matto Matto Baxter says it'd be great to have an Asian city too, and like, I agree with that in in design principle. But oh boy, do I not need to see Rockstar's satirical take on Asian stuff? Oh yeah, that Thank might you. not end up like, well. Like I don't, I don't need any more of that. Yep. I, well, hopefully they've grown. Let's be honest. It's been a long time since Grand Theft Auto Five oh, was yeah. was created. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I really find it hard to believe that it'll have the same level of sophomoric humor. Maybe and I mean look. Stereotypes. And, I so far I mean obviously not Red Dead. Well, sort of. I, I, I mean it is a satirical. Series. I will be floored if this game does not have some horrible transphobic shit in it. Like that's just Rockstar's <laughs> bread and fucking butter. Okay, if there's no bar full of like, you know, men dressed as women hanging around and that's the whole joke, is it a Rockstar game? <laughs> yeah. I, I have a feeling that they may change. You got to realize also a lot of the leadership at the top has left there. Yeah. I mean, there's just one Hauser left there now. <laughs> and Leslie, he's gone. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much those guys were driving that stuff, but the That's a good question. But the one Hauser was like the lead rider. So yeah. I mean, maybe I, there could be some evolution. It, they need they needed to evolve. They need to evolve. Yes, even, even when five came out, it yeah. felt a little archaic. Not even just in the sense of like you know like socially aware or wokeness or whatever you want to call it. Um, the humor was dry. Was it wasn't was, funny? Was yeah. not funny. But like it wasn't yeah. like everyone the was jokes doing just weren't that. good. Well, especially I mean, a good it, joke is a good joke. It right. doesn't really matter what the material right. is. Yeah, I mean, at the very least, get Laszlo out of there. That I mean, talk yeah. about over you know past its prime at that yeah. point. Um, but like, but also, I don't want them to completely pasteurize the franchise. Like, no, but part I, of it is that but it I'm has saying that like this, edge. But the sat, that's what I'm saying is like the satire had no edge anymore. It yeah. was just like it, it, it was it, just dumb humor. It was like you know a bad. It was an off week of South Park at best. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just like yeah. okay, we're just we're just gonna be mean to people and call that satire. It's like no, there's tons of stuff, especially now. You could. I mean, rocks. You know, GTA has always been sort of a satire or a parody of kind of American culture, and there's a lot more to parody and satire about American culture now that you couldn't before. If you really want to prove to me, I mean, that you have the balls that you material. claim you have, That's you go go straight at Trump, go straight at <laughs> QAnon, go straight at this stuff yeah. that is so ridiculous and ripe for the taking, and show me you got some balls on you, and as opposed to just punching down at trans people or like people point. who do yoga or some shit. Yeah, like like yeah, it's funny that people like are vegan great like yeah. put that in there but also like you went after trump back in the fir- back in gta 3 did they he was uh, the, the 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 guy one of the guys who you get clump or whatever his name was the uh, one of the guys right. you get missions from was a clear donald trump stand in <laughs> that's right I forgot about that. Because at the time he it was you know at the time you were going to mock him because he was just a fixture of new york business and sort of the 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 pinnacle of excess and self-aggrandizement mm-hmm. and now you could go anywhere all over the place. I mean, I mean, frankly, frankly, the political situation in, in America is to the point that I think, if even if you're going to do this big connected world, like I think you have justification for creating a Washington D.C. You may, so you can just set stuff there. <laughs> yeah, like you telling me, Rockstar couldn't do something with a truck convoy. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, they would have a field day. That'd be a great with mission. That. You could do a great mission. Oh with yeah. It too. That'd be fun. Be like the the new train mission from Uncharted Two. Yeah, you want to talk about the new No Russian? Well, you play as one of the <laughs> you play as a MAGA guy. Ooh. One of your characters is is Ooh. is one of those guys. Oh boy. How about that? Yeah. I don't know if that would go over well. We want to do edgy, right? <laughs> we want to be like yeah, like like that's how you. I mean, like Tre- like Trevor, like Trevor is a direct sat- satire of how people play GTA. Yeah. You know. It is. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And he's a monster, and you're not. I don't think you're supposed to like Trevor very much. No. He's he's a, he's a psychopath, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. Um, but like, they did it. You know, that, that they was, can write characters very. They well. They can do it. Yeah. yeah. They can create characters like Trevor that you still have sympathy for somehow. But you're right. The writing has lost a little bit over the last. Really, just mm-hmm. with GTA Five, honestly. Yeah. GTA Five. I mean, like Red Dead Two is better in the set because Red Dead 2 isn't trying to like be too edgy Red Dead 2 is not trying to be a shock jock no it's just trying to it's just trying to tell a story yeah yeah and I think they pull that off and they nail the setting and the time period and all that stuff yeah yeah Um, but you gotta make it's probably one of the reasons it's taken so long to get GTA you know because you gotta you gotta you deliver also you're making money hand over fist on GTA Online, and you don't need to make GTA 6 until you have an idea worth making, frankly. Yeah. And if this is actually the idea at what Pactor's talking about, um, it kind of makes sense it took so long because they had to wait for the technology to catch up to it. It's exciting, honestly. I'd be into that. I mean, I like that idea. I think it's brilliant if they can do it and pull it off. So I'm excited about it. I know some people are like, ah, I don't believe it, blah, blah, blah. They don't want to get excited about it, but I do believe it. And I, if that is, if they can make that happen inside the game, it will change everything. Yeah. So, I don't see why Pactor would go out on a limb on this for any other. I mean, he had no reason to. I mean, he clearly believes it's true. Yes. He, so. ab- believe me, he absolutely does. Again, I gave him, I contacted him specifically three times since we recorded those episodes to give him an out. Like, hey, you still feeling okay about this information? Mm. You know, you still want to run it? Yep. I don't know why. He almost got annoyed after a while with me constantly asking him, like, you still want to run this stuff? I think he thought that I was starting to question him. And that wasn't the case at all. I just was, I wanted to protect him. Because I knew this was going to happen. I knew people were going to say, oh, it's for Pector and he's always wrong. Which is total BS. He is right about so much crap. But nobody points that out. People always point out when he's when he doesn't get something exactly right, and that's what makes the rounds on the message boards and on social media, and that's what people remember him for. So um, I tried to give him an out to protect him from all this because I knew he had no upside for doing it. Like I think he was just trying to help us out, honestly. I think just mm-hmm. in his heart, he's no, just like, so. I'm trying to do something for Sifted. Because he sees how hard I work, and he's just like, what the F? Where aren't you getting support from people? And I'm like, I don't know, dude. And I think he's just trying. He's too old to care what anybody thinks anyway. Yeah, he, so. he does not care. Like, I think he cares about his colleagues. Oh, his colleagues and his friends and his friends. Sure. But, yeah. like, but, but the world the overall, like, you know. No, he doesn't. So anyway. You don't need to care about that stuff when you're on a boat. <laughs> that's true. That's a good point. So anyway, that's what happened with Grand Theft Auto 6, both across the interwebs. Nobody picked it up. Nobody. IGN didn't pick it up, GameSpot, any of them. Destructoid, nobody did. There was a couple small sites in Europe that picked it up. Um, God bless them. And a lot of the sites that did not pick it up were the same sites that ran the fake story a week and a half ago when they got conned by that YouTuber who set up a fake Twitter account. <laughs> did I, you not I know this story? This. No. So this YouTuber just did an experiment to see how much he could manipulate the press. And he... Oh, I did hear a little Yeah, he started a Twitter account and just wrote like a 500 tweets or whatever, just guessing at stuff that may happen in the future. Left it all private. And then as stuff would actually happen, the stuff that he actually got right out of the 500 guesses, he'd turn that tweet live. And so that tweet would be date stamped and time stamped. And people would be like, oh, crap. Mm. He predicted this like two weeks ago. And here it is in the new Nintendo Direct. and it got major publications. And I don't know if that's part of it. Maybe people are like on alert now because they're like, oh, we got burned by that 
YouTuber or whatever. I don't know. But it's interesting that's But it's not like this is anonymous. Right. Or somebody with no reputation. I mean, bad reputation, good reputation. But it's like it's not like the industry doesn't know who Pactor is. Right. I know. And I they just didn't pick it up. So whatever. It is what it is. I mean, sure, some of that is like the whole don't comment on rumors thing. But it's like... It's like they do it all the time. They do it point. all the time. Where was Kotaku on this one? Well, I think they're like, on strike, actually. Oh, that's, that's right. They yeah. were. They I don't want to bring them up because they've been on strike and like actually out. So Right. That's but true. a lot of the other guys, like I know they had to have seen it. Like, yeah. Maybe some of them didn't come but across But nobody even story. talked about it. Like none of the people I know, you know, them people that I know or are friends with like, even mentioned it mm-hmm. on Twitter. I know. I mean, I could see it the number of like retweets and likes I got. So <clears throat> it is what it is. But just another missed opportunity and you're right maybe someday people will be like oh wow mm-hmm. they were <laughs> pactor was right but probably not more likely he'll never get credit for it and life goes on so that's how it is um okay let's take some questions um i would say you probably shouldn't ask a ton of gta 6 questions because i don't know there's not really anything else to say yeah i don't know anything else other than what was put in the story i didn't withhold any information or anything and i don't know if pactor did all I know is that everything that he told me about it, he okayed to be put into the story and into the video, and that's it. So I don't have any more information. If you just want to ask more general questions about the game, that's cool. Um, minority games. People suck. <laughs> Not all people suck, man, but there are a lot of them. I'll say that, man. I've been really disappointed in humanity here over the last 24 hours. And again, not just pissed off at random people online. There's some people closer to home that I'm pretty upset with right now. Um, let's see what we got. Texture glitch. Thank you for Twitch Prime. That's awesome. Lestev D. Lestevid, thank you for the tier one subs. Giving out to the community. Jam Rain, as always, making it rain. Living up to his name. Uh, here's some questions. Any other Twitch Prime through here? Um, Slagathor. I've been reading that, that subreddit, and none of those guys have any idea whatsoever how games are developed. I know. It got to the point where I was like, going back and forth with them because they banned me. And so these guys are trashing me and I can't reply because mm-hmm. they banned me. And I'm like, oh, okay, you're going to ban me. So I have just have to take basically this public like slander that I can't do anything about. It was weird. And then as I started chatting with like the moderator, he was the only person I could reply with. One, he ended up being a complete douchebag. And two, I realized he has no idea what he's talking about. Not they no generally don't. clue at all. And I was just like, this is pointless. And so I went on Reddit and I just turned off like the notifications. So I was getting emails every time one of those idiots was replying to me. So I just turned off the notifications and my life has been, has been a lot better. Um, let's see. As always, go at Sifted Games. It makes it easier for us to find your questions. Estmont. Shane, given your and Matt's reaction to Elden Ring and Horizon Forbidden West, and more importantly... To the scores most reviewers gave those games, do you think you guys are now counterculture reviewers? Interesting. Um, hmm. I don't know. I, I wouldn't like to think that game reviewing is a culture in the first place. It shouldn't be. No. Yeah. It um, should just be a job. Yeah. <laughs> There's some art to it, but mostly it's a job. Yeah, especially because like th- like that's sort of also like I'm a, I refuse to be the Armand White of video game reviews, um, but. Uh, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's not like I disagree that Elden Ring is really good. I yeah. just don't understand why it's so. Like, I've seen people that are like talking about like the the discourse on that has been baffling to me, and I don't really get involved in it because I don't really care what yeah. people are thinking. And like, 
I do have kind of a, a, a guideline where it's like if the person on Twitter has doesn't have enough followers to fill a movie theater, don't bother replying to them. Yeah. Um, if you're like if it's like an argument thing. Um, but uh, I've seen the thing that baffles me is stuff like where people are like, oh, it's the most like meaningful open world exploration ever. Like it's not like all those other open worlds where you're just like checking off a list. Like you go places and like everything you find is worthwhile. And I'm like, really? Because I've been to like seven catacombs with all the same gray textures filled with all the same gargoyle enemies where I fought a boss. I fought four different versions of in the past to get an item that I will never, ever use. Yeah. And that is just every open world thing I've ever. And look, I love open world stuff. I'm not saying that that makes the game bad i'm saying i enjoy that like yeah. i but i'm also saying it's not any better or worse than what any other open world i don't if you think that's okay why is it not okay to have a bandit camp or a or a checkpoint in far cry or whatever like it's yeah. all the same copy pasted it's stuff. just semantics yeah it's really all it and is and sure you didn't have a, an icon leading you to it but you can turn the icons off in assassin's creed and far cry too so yep. what's the difference like i don't and look man well, I mean, i've that, got that's the same argument as like why does it bother you if there's an easy mode if you never touch right. it? It's exactly. the same logic. Because yeah. then no one knows automatically that I didn't use the easy mode and that makes my ego exactly. smaller. So ding, and ding, then, ding. And then, like, on yep. top of that, like, there's stuff where it's like, you know, oh, like, look, like, early on, yeah, it's fun to ride around the map and find stuff. Oh, there's a cave. What's in here? But I'm 100 hours in here. And I'm out of stuff that I do. and like at a certain point I'm like if I don't understand what they want me to do or where this like you know the 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 golden arc is pointing me like, I don't understand what you want me to do or what this thing where is the where is this? I'm just gonna look it up or I'm gonna look at the the interactive map on the wiki the, the yeah. affects your life thing and I'm just like it's all it's covered in icons like every Ubisoft yeah. map and I'm just like you know what the only thing that Elden Ring has really reinvented here is smart glass yeah I've just got a second <laughs> screen now. <laughs> Uh, I think one thing that both of us probably agreed on about Elden Ring is that it wasn't held to task for things that other games are held no, to task for not in at general. All. Look, man, like if the, the visuals, like uh, there's a bunch of stuff that other games would have been dinged for mm -hmm. that this game was not dinged for. Oh yeah, for sure. And like, yeah, and this Zelda's and Nintendo stuffs a little bit like that at times too. Somewhat. Oh to yeah, but fair. but you know what? I think if Zelda came out with frame rate like that. It would get dinged. I mean, Breath of the Wild's frame rate ain't great. It's not, but like Breath of the Wild ran better on Switch, and it was acceptable. Yeah. Um, also, Breath of the Wild, while it was not a tour de force uh, visually, it did look better than any other Zelda game had. I think Elden Ring. But it had no story. No, but Elden Ring. The also, world was empty. A lot I mean, of I time. will, I will give Elden Ring this for sure. Um, well, I give it. It doesn't have really much of a story either. It, I mean, it does have. It has a lot of lore. Yeah. I did think it was very funny that it basically turned out that George R. R. Martin wrote the backstory of the world and the and the gods and the setup, and then up until the shattering, basically, and then from took his backstory <laughs> and just applied cataclysms to it until it became dark souls again. yeah i know it is like it's, it's very it's like funny you managed to get it there in the end anyway um yeah. and then just mad libbed all the uh -huh. dark souls elements and just you know oh they're shards now okay right. i actually i ta was talking to one of my friends about like helping you know telling him like to do this or look for this item or whatever it'll help what he's trying to his build he's working on and i'm like and and at one point i'm, I'm like oh well he's like what are you people are like oh joking about like what do you want everybody to have like you know scout scout finders or from from dragon ball I'm like, well, I do have that useless telescope thing, yeah. and I have over 9,000 shards. Yeah. And he's like, what are shards? There's a man who's played this game like 20 hours. Yeah, and I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, souls. He still it's just what souls are. <laughs> it's what they call souls in this game. And it's like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. I'm like, like, Sometimes I feel like I'm alone among the games press in my feelings on From Software's games. And I am not, actually. 
Um, I watched um, one of IGN's podcasts or multi-platform podcasts, Game Scoop or whatever, mm-hmm. and their whole staff is like me. Yeah. So I was like, okay, not all games I think journalists. most people are. And like there's a whole there's this I mean, whole, I know most people aren't, but I thought a lot of journalists were got in the wolf from I mean, most people I think most journalists have an appreciation for them but don't get in the wolf. I mean, look, like I've gotten this game has disrupted my sleep patterns. Like yeah. I am I am into this in a way that like I'm just continually thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And that'll end in like a week. You know, I'll finish mm-hmm. it and I'll I'll get past it. So it's not like I don't get the obsession over these things, but it's like some people just chase that dragon over and over and will not play anything else or not play get beyond it. And it's just like, yeah, they're really good, but it's like also, there's a lot of flaws. Like the the, the way these things are presented is is uh, in, in some cases is a questionable creative choice, and in some cases is, is objectively dumb. Like mm-hmm. I'm sorry, the fact that the backing out of the map is not the same button as opening the map is stupid. And I actually saw someone on Twitter today say that it's it should be that way because if you ever tried to open a map. And close a map in real life because closing a map is harder because you have to figure out how to fold it. I'm just like, <laughs> go away. All right, we got to get on to other questions because there's a bunch in here. That was a good one, though. <laughs> Thanks, Asmont. Um, <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, one Super Master Gamer, do you think your content is too mature for the gaming industry? Feels like the most popular site influencers seem to get Not, attention. I think we're too old. With console <laughs> wars, extreme takes, is gaming, get, is gaming still an immature art form? Yes. Yeah. I mean, the Im- immature art form, I don't know about that, but it is an immature fan base. Yeah, they like, don't... Like, I, well, it's, it's, it's telling to me that there's always pushback when I gave my theory, which I'm pretty sure is fact, about why the 7 to 9 scale exists. Mm-hmm. Which is like, if you have a 10-point scale, how come everyone thinks everything under a 7 is bad? Whereas, like, there's a lot of other reviews, you know, books and stuff. You give something a 5, people think it's average. Right. If you give something a 7 in gaming, people That's are like, average. average or maybe starting to be a little average. bad. <laughs> Why? Because a 70 in American schools is a C-. minus. Yeah. Because the fans of video games who read video game reviews are children in school. But why? So we applied the percentile grading system that we think of as what we get on a test. But why haven't they done that for movies and books and stuff? Because those were those industries and, and the consumers of those like criticism and reviews were adults. Oh, okay. Adults read movie reviews. I mean, I was a kid. I read movie reviews as a kid, but yeah. those were established as you know consumer reports uh, resources for adults. Video game reviews were written for children, and over time the culture i did i had to I hate to use it yeah. but culture grew up around the idea that a 70 below 70 to someone to a kid in school in the 90s was failing yeah or at least it was going to be failing if you brought that that grade home to your parent obviously a d isn't failing but yeah. no parent wanted to see that but that is sort of the emblematic thing to me of like yeah it's an Im- it's immature in the sense of how it looks at things and considers things a competition also the console warring thing came about because as kids, we couldn't afford all the video game consoles. So you had to convince yourself the thing you'd the blown you your money was right on one. was the right one. Yeah. So that's where console wars come from. That goes away as you're older and you have the money to – I mean, I don't know now. Like the economic situation for the millennials is probably different. But I got yeah. once I had enough money as an adult to buy all the game consoles, I no longer cared about the console war matter. stuff. Yeah, yeah that's part of it. Um, I – I mean, just in general, the hobby does skew younger. Now, you guys know. Although not so much anymore. It's just... Well, here's the thing. But it's hard to shake that... You know, it's 25-plus years of culture on that. I I hate to call it culture, but it is. you guys have followed me and Sifted since we launched, like, you know that I built Sifted for people like us. For, I don't want to say, like, middle-aged folks like Matt. Like, honestly, Matt and I are even a little bit older than the demographic I wanted to build Sifted for. But I did want to build it for adults. I mean, people who are rational and speak to each other with respect. 
Um, things like that. I wanted it to be heavily moderated so people felt safe and protected on the site. Blah, blah, blah. What we found, though, is that while there are a lot of people like that, people our age who really like games, they have too much other stuff going on. And that was also kind of the idea behind Sifted was, hey, these people are busy. They have kids. They have careers. They need to go someplace and have fi- a five-minute you know, snapshot of what's going on in the industry, and then they need to get out. Although we certainly, you know, when we were younger, our generation certainly had its console wars. Oh, for and sure. Such. But, like, yeah. I think that's... Um, uh, also, like, I think people like you, there's a difference in depending on what you grew up reading. Like you and I read, I think, read more thoughtful game review people. You know, like my game review idol is Andy Eddy, right. who wrote wrote for Video Games Can Be Entertainment. Well, but there's a lot of people our age, there. a lot of people our age who read Die Hard Game Fan, and that was a very different mentality to grow up reading reviews for. Well, let me just stop you there. We read. Well, yeah, there's that. Too. We read reviews. There's mm-hmm. a huge difference between reading a review. And going on YouTube, and look, I'm not slagging people who do this. Like, there's an audience for it, and someone needs to supply this content. But it's low-hanging fruit to go right. watch some dude rage on camera for 18 minutes about some game. Like, it just is. Um, and I'm look, I consume frivolous media and frivolous pop culture, too. I'm not completely immune to it. I'm not trying to say I'm better than everybody else. But we do tend to create more thoughtful honestly mature content around games and if you're asking me if i think there's a gigantic market for it i do not <laughs> like i think I th- that's i think we've proven that. i think we have proven it yeah, yeah. i mean pactor i mean well, especially because like the, the the prevailing like the popular podcasts are just people gushing over stuff forever yeah. like there is no conflict it's not even just in games though it's the same thing in sports like the the people who just gush over the favorite team mm-hmm. that's the podcast that does well Steelers fans, if you have a Steelers podcast where you are actually critical of the team, people hate you and people don't listen. The Raw Raw Cheerleader Steelers podcast, gigantic. Dudes are doing remote things at the local horse racing track casino every weekend and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it is. Like, And I, at the same time, I don't want to hate on people who want stuff that's positive because i also want stuff that's positive but more important than that there's a difference between positive and and lies yeah that's the difference like i want things to be positive but i also want them to be honest and truthful and that's what we are we're brutally honest and truthful about every game we talk about you and i don't give a crap about what console it's on or any of that crap or for the most part who made it or anything we just play the games and we're like this is what we think of them and i do think that the audience is limited for that i do think a lot of people just want cheerleaders they want reinforcement of yeah, what they're or they've think. already made up their mind and because maybe they watched someone play it on youtube already for two mm. hours or whatever and they've watched that and they're like i'm buying that yeah i mean there's a and lot now we come on and we're like uh uh, uh you might want to think twice about that they're like no f you i watched mm. joe blow stream two hours of this and I believe him. Yeah, the the one thing I will give the from fanboys is that I have never in in I don't think in the history of reading Twitter discourse on video games, I don't think I've ever seen so many people make a pronouncement about the negative qualities of a video game and then admit they'd never played it yet. No. There's tons of people like this thing about Elden Ring does this 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 and it's stupid and it shouldn't be that way. I haven't played it yet, but it really seems that way. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah. okay, dude, like what do you well, That's talk? where I draw the line. Give me a break. Yeah. Like It's like if I played a bunch of It's like even when I even if I agree with you, if you haven't yeah. played it, what are you talking about? Yep. 
Uh, okay, let's move on. That was another great question. And we're spending like 10 minutes on each one of these because you guys are knocking it out of the park. And we got time. We do have a little time. Um, that was a great question, though, Master Gamer. Ashes in the Hourglass. Just to exemplify what you guys are saying during the GT7 discussion, I'm 27. I've begrudgingly had a license since 2018, and I absolutely despise driving. There you mm -hmm. go. Whenever anyone I know extols the importance of having a car, I just roll my eyes and ask if transportation is so important, why don't we force the government to invest in more public transportation? I don't think there's a question there, but no, but it's a comment. But it's also 100 percent correct. Like, there, I mean, but the things go overseas. Yeah, one of the things I'm most jealous PC about works. when I go to when I go to Europe is how good public. You know, I I totally see why you don't ever need to have a car in Europe, especially because of the gas prices there. I mean, look to me, ga uh, car. You know, I'm, cars are important to me because to me they are they are freedom. They are. They are you know, when I was younger, they were my way to getting out of the house and doing what I wanted. Today, I, I really enjoy driving. I I, I, I do too. I, yeah. I, I especially when I'm and out. That's of the why city I bought a decent car when, yeah. I, when I was making decent money. Yeah. I have a lot. And of I fun. still have it. It's now like 11 years old, but yeah. <laughs> I, I drive. I drive for fun for yeah, sure. Yeah, I enjoy and it. it. Yeah. And uh, I mean, driving in LA isn't very fun, but like still, it can be fun. It can be. Like if yeah. you have a quick car, just going from stop sign to stop sign oh, can yeah. be fun. You can figure like, it out. And every once in a while, you know, like driving back from the old studio, like it's a, you're driving through through uh, traffic, but there's ways you can outsmart the traffic, and there's ways where like, you know there's a there's a right lane on Olympic that nobody uses because some you know when it's not commute time, there's people parked there, but also because people seem afraid of that. They're scared, yeah. And I will just drive, you know, not even not even breaking the speed limit. Like yeah. everyone else is going 10 miles an hour, I'm saying I'm gonna Makes go 35. Makes you feel like you're going fast. You feel yeah. like you're like racing down <laughs> the, the autobahn, but it's like yeah. no, you cut you cut like tons of, and that's fun. Like it's yeah. like you know yeah, like it, I, I mean I understand people they get like nervous about driving and stuff. But like, um, I am rarely more relaxed than when like I've broken away from traffic and I'm just like cruising down the freeway. Um, so yeah, that's one of the appeals of stuff like Forza Horizon is because that recaptures that feeling to me. Um, but I totally understand um, people who don't have any interest in cars as having that. You know, it's an extra expense. You're throwing money away for insurance and taxes every year and registrations and. God help you if you get in an accident and like the insurance premiums go up and you got to pay to repair thing. I mean, I had to do that recently too. Mm -hmm. um, I've never hit anything, but I've been hit uh, and that sucks. Um, yep. You've gotten a bad accident actually. Oh yeah, especially when they run away. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's uh, like I get it. And like, yeah, we should have more public transportation. I have, you know, I'm looking forward to being 70 years old and finally being able to take the damn subway they've been building here for 20 years. It's absurd that um, our country keeps rejecting public transit and trains. Yeah. I voted for the high-speed rail. I mean, the idea of being able to get on a train and get back to visit my mom in three hours in yeah. San Francisco, that'd be amazing. Or get to Vegas and like, why don't they yeah. build a train to Vegas? It takes an hour and a half. There's you nothing. Could, you could literally just have three stops. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. Here, Barstow, which is in the middle, Barstow, so, you can, so the drugs can take hold, right? And then just go straight through Bat Country <laughs> until you get to Vegas. That's great. Uh, Norix Nessie, ninety-four. Now with Forspoken being delayed, how much confidence do you have that God of War will come out this year? Uh, I mean, I don't know how they correlate to each other, but I mean, I'm pretty confident that both are going to come out this year. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. Um... I don't think Sony's going to consider Forspoken a replacement in the schedule for God of War. No, uh-uh. Well, I mean, it's not their game either. So. No, yeah, it's it's just squares. Yeah. Also, even if it was their game, look, I'm looking forward to Forspoken. I'm excited about it. Amy Hennig, like, all this. It looks cool. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, maybe kind of like it has some infamous vibes to it, which yeah. I dig. Actually, that's um, a good point. It does. Yeah. Um, That's a day's gone. 
in, you ter- think? in terms of your the sales and stuff. In terms of your sales and stacking and the scheduling, that's a day's yeah. gone. It is not going to cannibalize a damn thing Kratos does. Yeah, like, and I Kr- do think God of War is coming this year. Kratos is the nine hundred pound demigod gorilla of uh, of of the current schedule. Like no, the only other thing they'd have that could displace it would be a new Uncharted or a new Last of Us. Yeah. And I also think Forspoken is going to make it because they said in or the way that it's just for polish, which is good. Yeah. Also, I believe I have it on my fantasy team. So You do. So learning yeah. that they're going to spend five months just polishing no, the game. No, that's good. I, I like that. I was happy about that. Um, Dinky Do 15. I'd really Matt. like that one to be good. So, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think that delay. I mean, obviously, I'd like to play it sooner, but I, yeah. that delay is good news to me. Yep. Uh, Dinky Do Matt gave like a 10 or 12 minute review of Batman at the beginning of the show. So you're going to have to wait for the archive to hear it. But Cliff Notes version, you really liked it. I really liked it. Yeah. And I didn't think I was going to because I didn't like the trailers at all. It just looked like generic Batman crap. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Do we have any other questions? Um, LOL PC gaming subreddit just deleted my post about. The GTA scoop. Yeah, River, they don't want to hear about River it. Mortis UK. <laughs> they don't want to hear about it. It's, yeah. it's weird. It is weird. Um, Fred loves Joe. I something the category that Shane described. I don't know. I could fill that in with a lot of words. Yeah, three three letter <laughs> word. I don't know what it is. It could be anything. A fire native says we read video reviews. I don't know what that means. Um, I'm <laughs> look. I'm partly at fault for. The fact that you guys yeah, we, ever read reviews. The two of us kind of we created, created video, video game review. video reviews. Yeah, like we, <laughs> that was literally a thing we were assigned to do. At one yeah, point. I think we're a little guilty of what has happened. Like the, we were assigned, literally, you and me were literally assigned to create the engaging, like funny Fun, review, funny how you video do that, review, as opposed to the extended play stuff, which was very dry and yeah. informative, kind of. Car, honestly, and, car and driver sort of honestly, thing. Honestly, most outlets, though, do what we did on Extended Play, which is very dry. Yeah. And, like, well, because it's the difference between, like, like, the Extended Play was car and driver and X-Play was Top Gear. <laughs> That's a good basically. way to put it. That's a great analogy. Um, Cody S. Carter, thank you for Twitch Prime, man. That's great. Nox Haternitis. Um, <laughs> I rarely share the same opinions as you guys. Between both of us, like, because Matt mm. and I are pretty opposite on a lot of stuff. Like, yeah, at some point, you're, how I don't is know it what... possible that you never agree with either one of us? Yeah, that would be a very zen thing. Yeah. At, the, <laughs> like, at some point, what are the chances of that happening? Um, but it's just interesting to hear different viewpoints from experienced people. Yeah. I agree with that as well. well That's why also I listen like, to other gaming podcasts. Yeah, it's also like, why I've always said, like the, um, uh, you know, like, like like I was growing up reading the San Francisco Chronicle. And they had a uh, you know the, the the reviewer for Chron- Chronicle for as long as I've been alive pretty much has been Mick LaSalle and I have never agreed with Mick LaSalle on a single movie review but I would always read his reviews because if he hated something I knew I'd like it oh, and if yeah. he liked something I knew to be <laughs> I mean, wary of good. it. That's just as very functional. absolutely valuable yeah. is absolutely valuable criticism if I can formulate a relationship to the not to, to like to what your tastes are and know how i relate to those like that is just as valuable you know i don't need to agree with a critic to have them provide a as long valuable as they're consistent. service yeah and you know what they like and, they and don't that like, is and that is why information is valuable right and that is why the most important thing a critic can do is be honest consistently yep because yep. otherwise Absolutely. you can't get a, get a bead on what someone thinks about stuff and honestly that's the best thing an outlet can do as well mm-hmm. like i that's how I ran editorial at game trailers. I was like, it was us and we, it wasn't I. Because right. when you start having eyes, you start having outliers. And mm-hmm. then suddenly you have this review that doesn't add up with the rest of the reviews. And people are like, wait a minute, I trusted you. And now I don't trust you anymore. Now your whole system is torn asunder. And 
So it was very important to me to have a consistency across reviews so you knew if we liked something, whether you knew you, you would know whether you were going to like it or not. Because mm-hmm. you're like, I always disagree with game trailers reviews because they focus on this. Well, if we didn't like a game, then you knew you're probably yeah. going to like it. So, And that's your evidence that like they aren't looking for information. They're looking for reinforcement. Right. Exactly. Yep. Nailed it. All right. Let's answer one or two more. We are actually now well over time. Actually, let's just answer one more. Uh, Grimshaw Rocks, thanks, Matt and Shane, for the hard work every week and putting on the best gaming show. You're welcome, man. Thank you for showing up and watching and supporting. Uh, last one, Deadly Virus Evo. Any predictions for tomorrow's state of play? Think we're going to see first God of War tomorrow, Matt? Mm, that'd be nice. Maybe? I think we'll see stuff like Stray. I wouldn't be surprised if we see yeah. another demo for that. See some Stray. Is there something else coming in like the early summer that I'm forgetting about from them? Um, I don't think so. We might see gameplay like raw gameplay of ghostwire tokyo because that's coming soon yeah it's probably yeah probably i imagine that's going to be the big focus probably um, they got to finally talk about that yeah maybe do. maybe some hints at horizon dlc maybe I'd, I'd like to see that it might be wishful thinking on my part but god of war outside shot i'm just shooting for the moon just hoping that we see something. maybe something like some kind of indication that we're going to see something yeah it could be um, but I think it'll be maybe some forespoken. Just possibly, they, you know, I'm sure there was something ready before it was delayed because it was about to come out in May or whatever. So yeah, I think it'll be focused on stuff that's going to come out in the immediate term. Yeah, first so. half of the year. And I, look, I'm excited as hell to see stuff about Stray. I think that game looks awesome. We put it in a Pactor Factor episode last week, and we had several people on YouTube ask what the game was. Is there a which, release window? Which for just that showed yet? them like you guys should be using Sifted. You would know mm-hmm. what Stray is if you watch Game Face and <laughs> use Sifted. It's, is there a release window for that yet? Um, I believe so. I don't know the exact date, but it's coming, I think, for sure by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's not too far away. Uh, but they had no idea what it was. I'm like, yep, if you hung with us, you would know exactly what it was. To be fair, I do tend roll. to forget it exists. What'd you say? I do tend to forget that game Stray? exists. Stray? Yeah. Oh, I'm really excited for that. I am game. interested in it, but like, if it just leaves my mind. Okay. Probably because I, I have no, I don't have anywhere to put it in the year. I, keep, I feel like it's going to come out in September. Oh, Vincent says Stray is early 2022. Early 2022. Yeah. I believe so, that. So, yeah, I, see I think we'll, we'll see something on it probably tomorrow, yeah. which is awesome. Game looks sweet. Maybe it'll be sooner if than you guys don't think. know, it's a game where you play as a cat. Yeah. And it's a, like hyper-realistic. A cat with an AI backpack. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. I'm pretty excited for it. So, anyway, enjoy the state of play tomorrow. Uh, the um, focus is Japanese games, Vincent said. Oh, focus is Japanese games. And he says if there's a super 16, big game. Oh what happened to Final Fantasy 16? I don't know. It's gone underground. There's still, there's still people that think that's coming out this year. I'm like, I don't it know, It kind of was supposed to. Yeah. Well, it probably ain't. No. <laughs> I think we'll be lucky if we see anything of it this year. But it might be what that what that is. I mean, didn't they say that it was like feature complete already like a year ago? I thought Square he, Enix said I mean, that. he promised we were going to see it by the end of 2021. Yeah. And then, and then nothing. And then in January, I think he basically said, yeah, sorry. <laughs> we're totally going to show you something this year. <laughs> and here we um, are. Well, it is only March. We got time. I'll be a little. I'll be pretty shocked if that makes it. I would be surprised year. if it was that. I think. The Forspoken delay to October is a pretty good indicator that Final Fantasy 16 is not this year. That's a good point. That's a good point. If anyone was silly enough to believe that it ever was going to be. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I can't see that, especially since it's the Final Fantasy 15 team. Yep. So. Which. Okay. That's it for Game Phase 292. Thanks to all you guys for hanging in the chat, asking great questions all the way to the end. Um, it's good to talk a lot of games in an episode. We've been mm-hmm. just doing kind of topics for a long time News, with, like, yeah. one or maybe two games. And I think that's probably going to continue here for the foreseeable future. There's a lot of good There's stuff a few coming things, out. Like even stuff that already came out that I just haven't gotten to, like Shadow Warrior Three. And... Yeah, yeah, I haven't touched that either. Yeah, yep. So we'll have another great episode for you next week. Um, 
as always, if you like what we're doing, head to patreon.com slash sifted and drop us a pledge. You can also always help us out with Twitch Prime. If you're watching on YouTube, the instructions to do that are down in the description. If you've already linked your Amazon Prime account with your Twitch account, all you got to do is click twice to give us a free $2.50 every month. And you do have to re-up it, and that does suck. And I have lobbied Twitch to have them change it. But unfortunately, they won't. Oh. Uh, so I know, it's so annoying. Mm. I don't know why they won't do it. It seems like it would be easier for them as well. But anyway. Oh, I love that. Eviloni5 says, would love to see Deep Down appear at the State of Play. Oh, wow. like, oh, man. If you had money on that in Vegas, you would win a lot. <laughs> That's a deep If cut. that showed up. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, but we are supported 100% uh, by Patreon. So again, patreon.com slash sifted. You may just be listening to this on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, what else? All of them. We're out on all of them. If you're listening to this show out on any of those, hook us up. If you're getting a lot of enjoyment out of the show every week, why not at least give us a dollar a month? It all adds up and makes a difference for us. So on behalf of Matt, I'm Shane. We'll see you next Tuesday at twitch.tv slash siftedgames. Game face is up and out. <laughs>